Welcome to the Hospitality Cash Flow Podcast, where you'll learn how to leverage short-term accommodations using multifamily and residential properties. With over 35 years in hospitality, real estate, technology, and sales and marketing experience, our hosts, Matt Anisis and Noble Crawford, along with an expert panel of guests, invite you to listen in as they share their knowledge, best practices, tools, and resources to help you maximize cash flow using real estate for hospitality. So I'm going to go ahead and we're going to do just a couple of quick introductions before we get going. Uh, but go ahead while we're doing these introductions. Uh, if you don't know these folks on stage, definitely give them a follow as we do the introductions and go ahead and add some more people into the room because we are going to get into some some gems tonight. And this topic we're covering tonight, this is actually um, crucial for people who are new looking to get started and also for current hosts who already have uh, between one and 100 least listings is, is Haley. I'm sure will will, uh, you know, will we'll let us know. And so. So definitely um, add some people to the room um, and we're going to get dived right in tonight, though. We're talking about the number one, uh, in my opinion, anyway, uh, if not the number one, then one of the biggest uh, pain points for STR hosts. Right. And that's finding good, reliable uh, cleaners that consistently produce quality results. Um, and I think everyone uh, on stage would agree that for a host, um, you know, that can be a pretty big pain point. And so, uh, you know, uh, some of us have found ways to, um, you know, to, uh, solve this issue if you will. And so, but I'm sure that, um, for those of us that are hosts in this room, um, at some point or another, all of us have experienced those, those, those cleaners who they come in, um, we're excited. We found a cleaner. Uh, they do a good job for the first like few times and then the quality drops off. Right. And, you know, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's, they stop following the checklist, you know, or maybe they're missing different things, you know, repeatedly. Um, and so, so today we're going to talk about how to solve that problem. Right. Um, but we're going to talk about how to find how to hire, how to train, and how to keep good quality cleaners um, as part of your team, right? And so, with that said, um, because I want to go ahead and jump right into the to the to the subject, uh, let me do a couple of quick intro intros. So, we're gonna start at the bottom, and uh, and uh, we're gonna work our way up. So, uh, I'm gonna let Elliot go first. Elliot, sir, you have the mic. Sorry, just uh, needed a moment to unmute myself. I didn't think we we're gonna go backwards forwards, <laughs> but uh, yeah. good to be with you all here. Uh, love every room that Nobel hosts. Uh, always brings on um, some great speakers. Good to see many of you. I am always happy to sh share um, what I've learned in my ten years in short-term rental. I um, do a, a good bit of revenue share, and I own a little bit of property. Most of my operation is based in Washington D.C but I'm up and down the East Coast in a few different vacation rental markets as well. And uh, certainly love to talk about cleaning. I think after safety and um, security, cleaning is the most important thing. And uh, my specialty is revenue share, uh, revenue management. So I can always talk on that uh, subject as well, but good to be with you and uh, look forward to the conversation. Awesome, awesome. We appreciate you joining us. I'm gonna double back down to Lorena. Lorena, you have the mic. 
Hey, Noble. Thank you so much for bringing me on stage and also making me a mod. I am so excited for this topic, um, my own unit. Um, I definitely can see um, important parts on the host side, what the host needs, but also I can also um, see important uh, pinpoints that the cleaners are looking for. So I'm really excited for this topic tonight, but brief intro about me. I'm Marina. I'm short-term rental host down here in Atlanta, Georgia. My husband and I own to be multifamilies where instead of doing long-term rental, we do short-term. So thanks again. Awesome. Awesome. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, again, before we keep moving up, um, as I as I ch uh, tap people in, I'm going to uh, ask them to do some quick intros. Um, Trace, we're doing just doing quick introductions. Um, if you want to take about 15, 20 seconds and uh, introduce yourself, you have the mic. Thanks, Noble. Um, I'm just here in Tokyo eating my breakfast. So, yes, I'm Tracy. I'm in Tokyo. Um, I have been a short-term rental operator for the last 10 years. Um, and now I'm a blogger and, um, and I help people make more money with their brand. So there we go. That's me. Awesome. Awesome. We appreciate you tapping in with us. Now, um, this next gentleman, he really doesn't need an introduction. He goes by the name of president Leo and uh, I'm gonna let him introduce himself. And then I'm going to explain to everyone exactly why I brought him up to the stage. Prez, you got the mic. Oh, I appreciate it, Noble. What's going on, everybody here on the stage? Uh, yeah, I'm known uh, on Clubhouse here as President Leo. Uh, definitely within the short-term rental space, but uh, definitely took a mobile uh, real estate approach. And by that, people, I mean uh, automobiles, uh, such as short-term rentals for cars, basically. Um, and I'm basically based out of Atlanta, Georgia. I have spread to other few markets, uh, but that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Awesome, awesome. So, folks... <clears throat> I'm going to tell you guys right now. Um, so myself, uh, president Leo, uh, H Hannibal Collins, who, who many of you may have, uh, seen on clubhouse stages, who's in the credit repair space. And also, uh, Brian Fontenot, Brian Fontenot, he has some STRs, but he's also heavy into the Forex space. The four of us are collaborating together, um, on a project, uh, whereby we are going to um, kind of join forces and provide some resources collectively to all of you, right? So it's going to be an academy type coaching program, um, and um, and so that's why I prop prayers up because not only um, is he my partner in that uh, in that endeavor, but also um, we are trying to get him into the uh, into the short term rental game. Uh, from a real estate standpoint as well. So, uh, so I, I try to bring him up whenever I can to not only shout him out, but to, uh, so he can get the, get the knowledge so he can go ahead and, uh, and get the game to get started in this space. So prayers, appreciate you joining us. Um, I brought someone else up. Uh, Kedra, Kedra, uh, is also uh, a force in the space. So, uh, Kedra, if you want to grab the mic and, uh, and make a quick intro. Hi, Noble. Thanks for bringing me up. Hi, everybody. I'm Kedra Madsen out of Houston, Texas. Um, right now, I am actually scaling my portfolio for short-term rentals via um, rental arbitrage. And you can check my page out. I love decorating. That's the reason why I got started. Um, and yeah, I'm definitely here to just add any value how I can. Uh, but yeah, I'm Kedra and I'm done speaking. Thanks, Noble. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. So 
we're gonna get we're gonna continue with these uh introductions but real quick just for folks who are just tapping in with us um again you're in the hospitality cash flow room make sure you're following the greenhouse at the top so you can get notified whenever we do go live uh, tonight we're talking about the number one pain or i should say one of the number one pains one of the biggest pain points for short-term rental hosts and that's finding good, reliable, quality cleaners, right? Um, that consistently produce good results, right? And uh, and, and and cleaners that uh, will grow with us as short-term rental hosts. And so, uh, so we're going to dive into that because it, it is a pain point across the board. I, and and uh, you know, I brought someone up today that I think is going to help us um, kind of find a solution. A couple of people specifically. And uh, so, with that said, I want to continue with these mod intros. So, Kiara. Is hit the stage, Kerry. You have the mic. Hey, I hope everyone's doing well. Um, I saw that I saw this one scheduled, and I was like, "Oh, I can't wait to come to that." But I hope everyone's doing well. My name is Kiara. I'm a high-level Airbnb coach and host, as well as a storeroom host. Hey, Perez. <laughs> thank you, Dre, and um, thank you so much for bringing me up. Can't wait to see how this goes today. Awesome, awesome. We appreciate you tapping in with us. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna come back to Chelsea. Uh, I'm gonna go John next. John, you have the mic. Hey, y'all. This is John Ahn. Uh, I'm the founder of Ohana Stay. It's a hospitality brand in Honolulu, Hawaii. Um, and uh, a couple things about myself. I've been in the industry for about five, six years now. And um, cleaning, yes, I have a lot to add for cleaning, both in terms of finding people and managing the cleaners. So excited about the proper, uh, about this room. And uh, the last thing is, like uh, Elliot, uh, I really do focus on the revenue management side as well, driving up a uh, high revenue per property. And so that's uh, another aspect of the business that I enjoy. But um, uh, I'm really looking forward to the conversation today. Thanks. All right, John. Appreciate you joining us. I'm going to skip around a little bit. Bart, I'm coming to you. Bart, you have the mic. All right, Bart's out there in Australia. It might be late there. We'll come back to him. Uh, let's see. Haley. Haley, I'm coming to you next. I know you are in the gym, but if you are available, uh, you have the mic to do a quick intro. Hey, yeah, my name is Haley, and I am the Director of Operations for Pad Suites, which is our business name. Um, those of you may know my boss and the owner of the company, Sean Rocky Beach of Airbnb Automated. Um, I am in charge of over 100 Airbnbs across the U.S., and um, what's funny, what I'm really excited about this particular little room today, um, or big room, is that uh, it's about a topic that I spend about 50% of my time dealing with. <laughs> I work for six days a week from 9 a.m. to midnight. And so that's, you know, a lot of hours and half of that is dealing with housekeeping and housekeepers and uh, quality control and all of that. Um, so I have a lot to speak on. If at any point I get too detailed, just, just say tap out for a second. So <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. We appreciate you joining us. Look forward to your insight. And then last but not least. So uh, I wanted to bring up Chelsea. Chelsea uh, runs a cleaning company and uh, in the uh, short term rental space. And so I think she can provide some really good insight into some of the the uh, talking points we're going to discuss tonight. And so, Chelsea, if you wouldn't mind, you have the mic. Hey, Noble. Hey, everyone. I hope you guys can hear me. I stepped outside because my dog is a little crazy. But um, thanks for having me up. So um, like Noble said, I am Chelsea Singley. Um, I actually own Seas Cleaning Service. 
Um, I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We started started my business in 2015, and in 2019, I actually moved to California and began doing short-term rental um, and Airbnb cleaning. And from there, right before the pandemic, we scaled up to a large amount of hosts we were doing cleanings for. Pandemic hit, and I lost a lot of clients, but the only clients I had left were my Airbnb hosts. So me and my uh, spouse, we decided to actually start another company, JCD Enterprises, which I'm the coach owner of and we actually now host um, co-host and manage as well as clean so we pretty much offer like a full service operation as well as hosting our own units and cleaning is what introduced me to airbnb and short-term rental so i'm happy to be here awesome we appreciate you joining us and uh so for folks who do not know me my name is noble crawford uh, i'm the co-founder of a hospitality brand based in texas and uh, we specialize in the uh, rental arbitrage model uh, in the short-term rental space. And over the years, we have grown a portfolio of uh, properties using that model. And uh, today, uh, not only do I run this this club room, but I also have the hospitality cash flow, and also coach um, coach students who are uh, looking to start and or scale in this space. And so. With that said, again, um, please go ahead and add some people to the room if you think they're going to find value in this conversation tonight. But we, we want to go ahead and jump right in. I don't want to keep these mods too long. We want to give you all the the, the gems and uh, let you go on about your evening. Um, with that said, I'm going to go to the first question. I want to just uh, bounce it around to a couple of the different moderators. But, you know, some of us are local to our properties. Some of us are remote. You know, uh, I'm sure a number of us outsource our cleanings, but I, I'm sure there are those, uh, you know, maybe in the audience who do it themselves, the DIY thing, right? Um, a lot of us, uh, the, the the units that we have are not our, our primary uh, residence, uh, but there may be folks who use their primary residence as short-term rentals. So um, a lot of variety in how the, the cleaning can actually take place. But what I wanna know first is like, what does your, cleaning team look like right so is it in-house and um you know they they work you know under your company is it contract labor 1099 labor um do you outsource it to a third-party company that that is a a separate cleaning company so i'm going to ask a couple of the mods to chime in on that um that are in different kind of different aspects of this um but i'm coming to uh, i'm coming to kedra first right so Kedra, I want to know, like, what does your cleaning team look like um, for your business? So I'm so glad you're talking about this tonight because <laughs> cleaning is like the bane of my existence. But so initially I started out doing it myself when I um, started doing rental arbitrage in September on my first unit. And so now that I've scaled to six, I've actually had to outsource that work because I literally cannot do it myself. Um, and when I started doing it myself, I just wanted to develop a cadence on, you know, how things should go. So how long it should take for one unit, how long it'll take for two bedroom, two bath units. And then I just wanted to develop that so that I knew, you know, when I outsourced it, I wouldn't be an overcharge. And so now I actually um, work with a company that does the cleanings for me. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of where I am now. Um, I feel like there's value in hiring someone full time in-house. Uh, but I'm interested in just hearing like everybody else. But yeah, that's what I'm doing now. I have a company that I outsource to. Got it. Got it. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Outsourcing. Love it. So John, I'm coming to you next. You're out there in Hawaii. So, you know, what does, what does your cleaning team look like? Um, 
Yeah, so this is something that I've been struggling with, but actually making some progress on. I recently had a trip out to Hawaii in order to actually rebuild my cleaning uh, cleaning team. Um, can you hear me? Absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Good. Um, so let's. I won't talk about the past, but right now, the way my cleaning team is structured is I have a combination of a cleaning company and a handful of uh, independent contractors that work for me. Um, and I arrived at this solution because I tried both having all independent contractors uh, working for me for my entire cleaning solution. And what happened is I had to have too many people on board because I do uh, back-to-back turnovers for every cleaning. I don't, uh, I don't, um, you know, I don't say, oh, no one's checking in the, you know, the day after. So, you know, you can clean it tomorrow. So then my team had to grow really, you know, quite large, even for a relatively small portfolio. Um, and then when I just relied on a cleaning service, like you said, Noble, the quality kept on going down and down. Uh, guest issues would happen and the cleaning company wouldn't take ownership of it. And so I've, I've had to fire, uh, some cleaning companies along the way. And so right now I have, you know, uh, a handful of independent contractors working for me as well as a company that has a little bit of bench depth. And I rotate around between the independent contractors and the company so that I always have enough, uh, enough capacity to do the back to back turns for all of my properties. So that's, that's how I have it structured now. I'm sure I'll come back one day and say, hey, that's not the way to do it. But right now, uh, it seems to be working pretty well. All right. Appreciate that, John. I mean, you you just really kind of spelled out the the struggle, right? The struggle is real with the uh, with hosts and, 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 and finding good cleaners. And so I can I feel your pain, but I uh, appreciate you sharing that with us. So I'm coming to Tracy next. Tracy's out in Japan. So, Tracy, what does your what does your cleaning team look like? Um, it, uh, it changed and evolved over the years. Um, so when it started, when I started, I had just had a single unit and I, um, I was doing cleaning myself. Um, and then I realized that that was not a good use of my time. Um, and, uh, but I think it's a really good idea for all hosts to, to at least, um, be, know what a cleaner has to deal with. So it's a good idea to, um, you know, do some cleaning yourself um, so that you, you understand, then you can build some systems around it. Um, I then hired a, a cleaning manager and uh, she she's paid by the job. Um, I, I pay her above what she would probably earn out in the real world. Um, and uh, so her, her success is tied with mine. Um, so uh, when things were at scale, she then subcontracted um, from people from her church, uh, people that she trusted, um, because I, I hired her because I knew her standards were up to mine, um, that she was invested in the business, and uh, you know that, and she knew that uh, that, that uh, if she was succeeding, then I was succeeding, and it came back to her again. So that was a really good arrangement. Um, I uh, so what I what I do is that she gets a calendar as far in advance. As possible, we try. We tend to book up now, but you know, in the past, we tend to book up um, two to three weeks in advance. Um, we don't get a lot of last-minute bookings, um, and uh, so she was able to plan her week 
in advance. Um, then if there was any changes, we would just, uh, you know, uh, you know, communicate via, um, via line or WhatsApp. Um, and it was up to her to assign cleaners, um, to cover, you know, to cover when there was like four or five, uh, changeovers in a day. And I trusted her completely. So just having that one point of contact was really important. Um, because it was, it meant that, um, there was no doubling up and, and I trusted her implicitly. But, uh, you know, it, it's good to, to have systems in place. It's good for, you know, for, for you to know what needs to be done so that you can train somebody who then can train somebody else, um, and go down the line. Um, when we were completely at scale, you know, with, with multiple problems, I did actually have multiple teams exactly like this. So, um, you know, that I was dealing with one person that, and that, would then, if they needed help, it was up to them to find additional labour, and then they shared the revenue with with them. And it wasn't any contact with me, so I was paid mm. flat rate um, per turnover um, based on the size of the property, and then that was just paid once a week. Um, uh, and then the cleaners then paid their outsources themselves, and I let them do that completely without any, you know, any contact from myself. Got it. Got it. Okay. Awesome, awesome. Appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, so here's what we're going to do. Hey, Noble, may I chime in here? Who is that? This is Elliot here. Absolutely, Elliot. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really um, like the great thoughts that have been shared so far. I have similar experience. Most of my operation is in an urban area. I have set up more rural um, destinations or vacation rental markets, and, and I follow the same plan because – my um, experience has been that if you find an individual, a family, uh, uh, a, a single entrepreneur who's building their cleaning business, they're really going to be responsible for the units that you give them. So my model is typically, you know, find four or five properties, give them the one single person. They'll maybe hire on or bring on a family member or another person and, and they'll grow with you. And, and by doing that, you have the same cleaners going every time to the same property. Uh, this is typically very good for properties that are getting cleaned two or three times a week. You're giving a significant about, amount of business to the same person, and they're really familiar with the property. They know what to look for. And when you need to ask for little extra things that are outside of the typical cleaning job that are associated with short-term rental, they are more receptive to doing that kind of stuff. And, and I find that having that unique uh, direct relationship with one individual rather than a company um, and helping them grow their business is, is really a, a big value for everyone. Interesting. Interesting. I like that concept. Um, and you said something that was a, a perfect segue kind of to the next segment, which was finding these people. Right. So here's what we're, we're going to do right now. Um, I got a couple of mod intros we're going to do. We're going to take a question after that from Bethany. And then we're going to jump into talking about how do you find these folks? Right. And uh, and then how do you how do you hire them? How do you go about hiring them? So real quick, before we get to that, let me um, let me let Rafa go ahead and do a quick intro. Rafa, you have the mic. Hey, Noble. Thanks for having me up here, man. Uh, hey, guys. My name's Rafa. I do short-term rentals in Southern California. Been doing this for a little bit over four and a half years. Uh, and this is pretty much all I focus on, uh, you know, arbitrage with eventually the emphasis to own, buy and hold apartment complexes and things like that. So happy to be here. Happy to chime in. Happy to help answer questions. 
Awesome, awesome. Appreciate you. And next we have uh, Mac. Mac, if you want to do a quick intro, sir, you have the mic. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, my name is Mac. I'm from Seattle. I have a small portfolio. Once was quite large, about 100 units, uh, scaling back up in the process of that right now. Um, doing a management slash arbitrage model. Um, and just uh, like being in these rooms with everybody here. Uh, if you guys, yeah, uh, that's basically, I'll, I'll pass it off to the next person. Thank you. Awesome, Mac. Appreciate you joining us. And let's see. Looks like uh, Jay Massey has hit the room. Jay, if you could do a quick intro, sir, you have the mic. Jay Massey is a full-time real estate investor. He's an entrepreneur. He also teaches people how to find deals, raise capital for real estate investments. Meeting Jay Massey in person, you'd think he's just a regular guy. He's got jeans and a t-shirt on and a pair of sneakers, but he's built up a multi-million dollar empire. I hope you do have an empty notebook because it's going home filled. Jay gives back so much value that I've never seen. Now, at, at this moment, when I'm looking at the kitchen, things are going through my head. You want to be friends with him, and he treats you like you're the only person in the room, even though it's for the benefit of everybody. This is how, when you ask yourself, how does Jay do it? This is how. He tells people that they have to take action, and they have to take action now. I took the action, and the results have paid off. What happens when the marketplace understands who we are and how we go out there? Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when they understand who we are? Oh man, I don't know. I don't know if uh, we need anything else more than that. I mean, uh, uh, no, but seriously, um, folks, if you're not tapped in with Jay, uh, definitely tap in with him. Uh, He is a mentor to mentors in the in the real estate space, in the short term space, in a lot of different spaces. So, um, so definitely uh, be tapped in with him, and uh, he's definitely a good resource uh, for for those of us on stage. Uh, Moving to the next person. Uh, looks like Robert has hit the stage. Robert, sir, you have the mic. Thank you very much, Noble. Hope you're doing well. Um, always uh, a pleasure to be among some of these wonderful individuals. Um, we're just uh, having a fun field day down here in Houston. We just broke 100 units and uh, expanding to purchase more units. Um, just uh, having a field day. We do arbitrage, uh, co-hosting, management, and partnership as well as ownership of our own units. And um, I'm just going to be kind of uh, back of the bus today. So, but uh, love hearing everybody's words of wisdoms and uh, sending prayers to everybody. Awesome. Awesome. Appreciate you joining us, Robert. And congrats on that breaking that hundred mark. And let's see, we had a couple more people hit the stage. We're going to circle back around to them in a moment. But first, I want to jump into uh, this next question because this is really important, right? Um, And so folks that are in the room, uh, just an FYI, this uh, room is being recorded. um, So it's a live recording. So just keep that in mind if you are on stage or coming up to the stage to ask a question. Um, So before we do that, though, let me get to, uh, I think Bethany had a question. Bethany, if you're with us, if you want to come off mute and ask your question. Hey, hey, Grand Rising, everybody. This is Bethany from Atlanta, Georgia. I am a new short-term rental. In half a mile. Host. Turn left on Pine Street. In Atlanta, in Midtown. And I actually um, kind of have recently bumped heads with my cleaner. Um, 
although I do clean my units um, as well myself, but I'm currently in California visiting my family, so I'm outsourcing it right now. So one of my, oh, I have three questions. First question is, I took the cleaning class to learn how to properly clean my unit because I've been considering starting a cleaning business, number one. Uh, and so what would be some feedback on that to start my own cleaning business um, as well as um, what, how do you do your, um, the second question would be, how do you do your pricing as far as what you charge? Um, if I should stick with like apartments or smaller uh, units, which is what I'm used to before trying to maybe branch off and do homes. And then three, like pricing. How do you, as far as employment, what do you want to pay your people, you know, based on the amount of jobs and um, charge your clients? I know that's kind of a lot, but that's what, my, <laughs> that's what my question is. So. Okay. No, I got it. I got it. So for that first one, for the cleaning business, uh, we're going to let Chelsea uh, chime in on that one. And then we'll come back real quickly and address the pricing and payouts to your, your staff. Uh, so Chelsea, if you want to chime in on that. For sure. So uh, just for a little clarification, Bethany, um, are you trying to start uh, specifically a short-term rental cleaning business or are you trying to start an overall cleaning business? Short-term rental for Airbnb. <clears throat> and you're a host now, correct? Yes, I am a host. Yeah. So you're, I mean, if you mean like logistically, you know, the startup as far as the business registration and all of that, you're in Atlanta. So, you know, I'm in Atlanta as well, registered with the state. All of that stuff, you know that, but you'll have an easy transition because um, and it was easier for me, like going from cleaning company to hosting company because um, we had all of the experience as the cleaner. So you'll, because you already clean your units now, um, the best advice that I could give you, and I'll give you a little bit of what I do, um, I, and I do the same thing with my regular cleaning clients, I uh, contract out, I find uh, up and coming businesses that need uh, more uh, business um, that maybe just started or looking to, um, you know, take more clients. And I partner with them. I say, hey, you know, I have a lot of uh, business coming in and I am looking to help you grow your business. And we just sit down and have a real conversation. And obviously, I can't just partner with anybody, right? But the way that I, um, it's kind of like a, a contract outsource type of ordeal. But it helps me to, first off, the person that I'm partnering with, um, that I'm hiring, uh, in a sense, they have, um, I guess, the business sense of running a business. So they're going to respect your business because they know what it feels like to run a business, right? A lot of times I run into issues with hiring employees um, for my business because employees don't really respect the business. I mean, that's my experience. I can't talk about anybody else's, but they don't really respect it the way you need them to. But when you partner with somebody who's building their business, not only will you end up being a very influential part in what they're doing and they'll appreciate you for that, but they're also trying to grow something. So nine times out of 10, they're going to show up. They're going to do what you ask them to do. Um, they're going to, you know, be there when you need them to be there. Uh, they won't take a uh, constructive criticism uh, wrong or badly. Um, so I, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but if you're, saying as far as like actually building the company, it'll be a simple transition for you because you're already hosting, you're already doing cleaning. So it's just about setting up plans, procedures, and structure for, you know, whoever you're bringing in. Um, I don't know if that answered you, but if not, slide into my DMs and I got you. 
they did, but I also am going to do that anyway because you are in Atlanta, so that I can talk more offline with you too. For sure, for sure. And then Chelsea, real quick, if you could just address her other two points, like what should she charge for a one and two bedroom uh, in that area, and then how much should she pay her her staff people? Okay, that's a good question. So what I do specifically in Atlanta, so I've uh, brought on a few um, subcontractors that have their own business, and I've let them know, you know, one of them had experience short-term renting or short-term rental cleaning, and the other didn't. So um, as far as pricing, I just sit down and I ask them, like, hey, okay, what for a normal one-bedroom, one-bathroom cleaning, you know, what are you charging? And we kind of talk about hourly rates because for me, I want them to feel valued enough to be here and to show up because I'm all over the place. I'm not always in Atlanta, so I can't have them feeling like they're being, you know, lowballed and not showing up to the job. So um, normally when I'm working with subcontractors, as far as pay, um, I'm starting them anywhere from 20 to $25 an hour, okay, normally. Um, as far as what I'm charging, um, <laughs> we get, this is an interest and I'm laughing because it's so, it's such a broad, um, I guess, array of things that you can charge. But honestly, as a host, you know what you're charging for your cleaning fees. And if you're going in, you know, on the back end to create a cleaning company, um, you know, bearing if you don't have any other, I guess, expenses that you're using that cleaning fee for, um, that's what you should be paying. That's what I do. Whatever we're charging for, the, you know, the cleaning fee for our units, those that I'm, you know, have subcontract with the company um, that are cleaning, I'm paying them that, you know, cleaning fee. Um, so whatever I'm charging, I'm matching it up with the hourly rate that they charge me. And that's what I'm charging, right? So um, I pay them extra for laundry. Um, it's just some of the things that I know being on the cleaning side that don't always get addressed and aren't always appreciated. So I try to do that. And it's worked out. I mean, we really don't have any issues with cleaning. We've had like maybe maybe one, and it was because the guest was a little iffy. But in the last, you know, six, seven months of us, you know, actually hosting and, you know, hiring our own, you know, cleaners for the company for the units, we haven't had any problems, but I would say pricing, it, it ranges. It's a wide variety. So shoot me a message and we could talk more in depth, but I would say start with your cleaning fee. That's the best advice I can give you because it's just, it, it varies. <laughs> Chelsea, you still doing your Cleaners Connection Corner um, Clubhouse? Yes. So we had took a little uh, hiatus, but like I've been doing every Wednesday for the last month. So I've been on here for like the last month, but I've been, it's been busy. It's spring cleaning. We got all this stuff going on. A lot of turnovers. People are traveling again. So it's been really busy. Um, but yeah, we're still, we still around. We still around. <laughs> I always appreciate your words of wisdom. You always keep my mind focused, uh, you know, in, in that area and always trying to go one step further. Thank you. And thanks for joining the convo. You and Noble, you guys always pop in. I always appreciate that. And, and Elkie too. Elkie, I see you down there. Hey. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Chelsea, for uh, for chiming in on that. Bethany, we get you taken care of, okay? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. Awesome, awesome. Well, we want to uh, keep it moving. There's a, a really hot topic I want to get into, right? And that is how do we find um, how do we find these cleaners, right? Are are folks finding them? You know, through the apps, through the cleaning apps, the turnover B and Bs, the properties. Are you are you guys taking referrals? 
Are you are you creating Facebook posts or making ads? You know, are you poaching the hotel housekeepers? Right. So I, I want to move it around a little bit and, and find out like how some of you are uh, finding your cleaners, especially the quality ones. Like, where did you find them? What process did you go through? So I'm going to uh, I'm going to come to Lorena first. I want to find out, Lorena, uh, how specifically uh, did you find your 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 best cleaners? Hey, Noble. So how do we find our cleaners? Um, a lot of, in the beginning when we first started, it was like word of mouth. I'd look on Craigslist, um, Facebook Marketplace. Um, so those were some of the resources that I used. I wasn't really crazy about the whole turnover BNB because our places are a little bit specific in terms of how they need to be cleaned. And so I needed to have someone that I could train. So initially, when we first started out, I was doing all the cleaning. Um, the first person that we hired on to um, work with me, um, I was able to just basically kind of train her in terms of how I like things. I'm very, very particular. So how I like things to be, where do I want, you know, how do I want things to be set up and all of that, how I want it to be cleaned. So um, again, those are some of the resources that we use. But our last group of um, people that we're using for our cleaning, they kind of joined our team. And again, it was word of mouth. My husband knew someone that did some work for us. And he said, hey, my wife has a, a cleaning service. And he introduced me to her. And that's how it worked. But I really find kind of like um, word of mouth is really, really um, a good resource because you're getting first-hand reviews. And a lot of times with some of these sites, you know, you can't really trust all the reviews that you receive. So again, word of mouth has really worked well for us. Awesome. Awesome. So I, I want to hear from, uh, from, from Haley and then I'm going to come into Robert and then Jay. Um, Haley, you, 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 you have a, a, a number of properties you oversee. So what's your process like for actually finding the cleaners that you all, uh, utilize? Yeah, uh, first of all, so much yes to like everybody who has spoken so far. I'm like over here screaming at the gym, like, yeah, in front of everybody. Um, I mean, Chelsea, yes to everything that you said, Tracy. I mean, we're kindred spirits. I'm really actually looking for a um, housekeeping manager in the Dallas area. So if any of y'all out there are listening and, you know, are interested in, in applying, please DM me. Um, I want something like what Tracy has for sure. Um, but anyways, yeah, so we have a team of about 20 uh, contract labor housekeepers uh, currently across all of our locations. And when I started in Dallas, um, I did start off cleaning a bit myself as well, um, learned how messy things can get. <laughs> so um, especially with a lot of my like veteran cleaners, they watched me clean side by side with them and I earned their respect that way. Um, we have a very nice, close, tight bond, um, understanding each other and understanding the difficulties that, you know, we can face doing housekeeping and short-term rentals. Um, but what we have been doing pretty much this whole time and what I've had the most success with, um, any other app, like ways I've tried, you know, whether it be Facebook advertisements or turnover B&B or anything, um, people either haven't stuck around for some reason or, you know, didn't do a good enough job, et cetera. Um, what we really are successful with is um, referral bonuses. So I find a good cleaner um, when they're excellent and they're passionate and they care about what they do. Um, I advertise to those particular cleaners and say, you know what, if you have any friends who you trust 
can do just as good as you, who can represent, you know, you and your your work ethic um, as well, you know, and they do a good job and they stay with us. You know, there's a referral bonus. Thank you for bringing someone good to our team. Um, and that's been awesome and very successful, actually. That's where our best cleaners have come from um, is, you know, people that have worked with us either in the past or are still currently working with us. Um, and they stick around because, you know, we – we kind of create a, a, a big family team effort, like atmosphere. We're in constant communication with each other. And um, that's kind of where we've, we've seen the best, the best results. Got it. Got it. Love it. Referrals. Um, that's huge. And you, you, you tapped on a couple of things. I'm going to circle back around with you later because you, you mentioned a couple of gems in there. Uh, but I want to go to Robert next. Robert's uh, multiple, multiple properties um, spread out. So, Robert, what is what does it look like for you in terms of finding um, good quality cleaners? So we actually diversify between uh, having our own internal for a couple couple areas, more more than North Houston. But I, I have to honestly say that, especially because we're more leaning towards a larger single family homes, a larger uh, you know estates. Um, we spend a lot of time curating these spaces and putting them together, whether it's your money or your clients. And so for us, I'd rather just partner with somebody and pay a premium. Uh, so they're engaged and they're involved. They feel like they're, they're getting, you know, they're, they're, they're valued. And so I've got one individual down in the Houston area that, you know, when I first started, she came in, I remember, you know, to quote me and we spent two hours cause the client just left the house and, and you know, we had to kind of decompartmentalize all the personal possessions that were the families and that may have, you know, weren't just supposed to be an Airbnb. And she spent two hours with me and I really admired that, you know, and, uh, and still to this day, she probably does about 40 of my properties in Houston and day to day, like she'll do anything and everything for me. I mean, we have a property that's going to six foot, you know, wind chimes and she went up and got a, a huge 10 foot ladder and climbed it and muffled it because somebody didn't like it. But um, I, I'm the individual that, you know, when I, I talked to the, partners that we we build relationships with not vendors relationships we you know try to ask them hey you know what would you do to do this and we come back okay now that we set that expectation we want you to go one step further this is what our expectations are we want you to do inventory we want you to stage the property we want you to do claim support and then we want you to clean it how much would that cost now for us we'd rather just charge it to the client you know there are bigger companies such as evolve that are charging all day long, $250 cleaning for a three bedroom, two bath home. And, you know, I mean, our average is 150, 175. We add a markup for margin for our consumables. And, and that goes to the customer. And we, 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 you know, relish on the other side of the nightly rate. We don't let the cleaning fee become a profit center. You know, insurance is a profit center. But, you know, you could spend any, all, all your time, energy, and effort creating a great space. And if it's not clean, all of your effort and all of your energy has gone, gone to waste. So you need to invest in those people who, the second they walk in that space, not only do they see a wonderlust that their eyes are captivated by, but they smell, they, they sense that cleanliness. And that's what we want, you know, because I don't care if it's a Walmart, a Target, or, or a Nordstrom accommodation, you know, everybody deserves the right to a clean space. And so that's what we should be delivering no matter what. And so we invest heavily in the areas where we, we feel we can control and be able to keep people busy because we provide jobs and homes. Um, then we will do that. You know, what we hate to do is get into a, a lull, which, you know, we, and then at that point we just reach out to other hosts and say, Hey, we've got a staff member. It's great. Can you support them? 
but other areas, we just partner with great individuals that just uh, do go above and beyond even to the handyman services, you know, replacing the air vents, you know, reaching out and getting a landscaper or a pool guy because our guy, you know, didn't come. So that that's what we invest in heavily. Got it. Got it. Man, everybody has such unique, unique ways of going about and finding these people. Um, so, you know, for the folks in the room that are that are either brand new to uh, short term rentals or haven't started yet. Um, and you're kind of wondering, you know, like when I get my first unit or maybe you're working on getting your first unit and you're wondering, like, you know, how do I go about finding a good cleaner? So when we started uh, a little quick story, we started with the with the cleaning platforms. Right. So we actually landed our first cleaner from Turnover B&B. Right. Now, this was a while back. Um, the app was different than it is now. But um, we had our first cleaner for Turnover B&B. Um, our first cleaning, we were going out of town on vacation. So we were actually in Florida when our very first guest checked out of the property and we had already lined up the cleaner through turnover B&B, you know, so on this particular, at this particular property, we have uh, exterior, uh, front door, um, doorbell cameras, right? So the guest checks out, everything's good. Um, uh, the cleaner, she, you know, she arrives and this, this is our first cleaning. So we're, we're watching this like a hawk, right? You know? Um, and so the cleaner arrives, she goes in, does her thing. And when she's coming out, um, we see her carrying some of our stuff with her. And so we were like, what the, you know, what's, what's going on? And this lady is, is taking our property out, uh, out of the uh, unit. Right. Um, and so we're in Florida, this property is in Texas and, um, you know, we're, we're like, what in the world is going on? And so long story short, um, we called the lady up, you know, and we said, Hey, um, we noticed that, uh, you know, well, first we said, how did the cleaning go? Right. <laughs> Cause we were, we were trying to see if she was going to be up front. So we said, how did the cleaning go? And she says, Oh, it went great. You know, everything was fine and blah, blah, blah. And so, uh, so then we said, well, we noticed, um, you know, that some, some of our items looks like you had carried them out. And she was like, no, everything I took out was, was my cleaning stuff. Blah, blah. I said, well, that's funny because, you know, our doorbell camera had you taken out. Um, looks like you took out one of our coolers. We had a, we have a, 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 at this property, we had a cooler that we provided for, um, tailgates for football games. And so it looks like you took out our cooler and, uh, was that some sheets and towels, you know, uh, that you carried out also. And, uh, she tried to deny, deny, deny until we said, you know, we're, okay, okay you could keep that stuff. You're not going to get paid. Right. And the value of what, uh, what she took, was less than what she was due. So, you know, she ended up returning it. Um, needless to say, we fired her quickly, you know, as soon as we got our stuff back. Um, and, um, and, and, and then we stopped using that platform uh, for the longest time because we had a bad first experience and it wasn't so much because of the platform. It was just because um, I don't think we did enough vetting on the front end of the, uh, you know, of hiring this particular cleaner. So, so that's, you know, that's how we started with our first one. We've since graduated from that and, uh, you know, we've, we've done things like, uh, put ads out on Facebook. Um, you know, we've, we've post those hotel, um, housekeeping manager types. Um, and so we've done a number of different things currently what we're doing, um, because I understand, I found out really quickly that I, I don't like spending my time 
looking for vetting, hiring, onboarding, um, these different, uh, all types of positions. So I outsource that to a recruiter. Right. So we have a recruiter um, that handles all of our open positions, um, goes out, finds those people. I, I tell them, look, I'm looking for rock stars for these particular positions. They go through all of the, the vetting and all of that sort of stuff. Um, then I say, bring me to top three. I'll interview those top three. And it's just a quick decision process for me. Right. Um, and so I kind of remove myself from that place. Uh, but, uh, you know, and, and then from onboarding, um, we have uh, my wife kind of oversees that she can speak more on that. But we have a community manager that's trained and knows how to onboard cleaners and things like that. Um, so our, our process looks way different than it used to. But um, I think that's important for people who are starting um, to understand, like, there's a number of different ways that you can go about finding cleaners and uh, finding some good ones. So I want to pivot real quick because uh, we got some juicy stuff to get into. I want to talk about, um, you know, how do you um, ensure that their performance remains high? Like what's that quality control look like, right? And then I want Chelsea to come back and let us know as a cleaning company owner, how does she determine what hosts are a good fit for her agency, right? And so I want to get into some of that, but before we do, just a couple of quick mods. Um, introductions uh, i want to let mike schrogren give a quick intro mike you have the the microphone sir well, trying to come off mute here thanks for having me up bro i appreciate it my name is mike schrogren uh based out of boston massachusetts i've been in the short-term rental space coming up on four years now uh run a portfolio of short-term rentals across four different states and we have two boutique hotels as well I'm the founder of Short-Term Rental Secrets. we got a podcast, Mastermind Community, all sorts of good stuff like that. And uh, just happy to be up here and answer any questions. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Uh, looks like Heather. Heather's hit the stage. Heather, you have the mic. Hey, Noble. Hey, everybody. I've been <clears throat> a little bit on hiatus for about a month. You guys haven't seen me. Um, but I'm, I figured I'd pop into a room today. I've been, um, I'm out of Park City, Utah. Um, own Salex Vacation Homes here, and we specialize in luxury vacation homes in Park City. And um, yeah, I've been, it's been kind of a, a crazy rush because we are supposed to be in our off season right now because the slopes are closed, but no, that's not, it's been, it's been crazy busy still. Um, and we're also in the middle of doing um, a lot of upgrades and updates to some of the places in our, uh, in our portfolio. But I, I'm really grateful that I popped into this room, guys, because this is actually one of the headaches that I have been dealing with very heavily over the last two weeks, two to four weeks, simply because I'm in the properties. I'm typically the person behind the computer. I'm the, I'm the person that hides behind the screen and takes care of all of the back end stuff. And, and uh, my business partner is normally the one that's out on the properties. But I, because I've been out on the properties in this off season doing major facelift to the properties because I'm the design, I'm the entire design team. So um, going into these properties and creating, uh, you know, mood boards and briefs and things like that for these properties, I'm noticing cleaning issues. And um, so I, I definitely have a couple of questions for those professionals and brilliant minds in this room in order to see how I can improve the situation that I'm seeing on my properties. So I'm grateful that I um, was brought up on stage and I'm hoping to get some, some good answers moving forward. Thank you. 
Awesome. Awesome. We appreciate you tapping in with us. And then uh, let's see next. My better half is my wife, Elkie. She is on stage. Did you want to do a quick intro? Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Elkie. And um, like Noble said, I'm his other half. And I'm also the, the other half of the other co-founder to the Hospitality Cashflow. And I'm just here to um, add value wherever I can. All right, dear. Thanks for touch, tapping in with us. I'm stuttering. Um, so, so here's what we want to do. I'm I'm coming back with with uh, uh, some more moderators here in a moment. But I want to take John's question. John came up, had a question. John, if you want to come off mute and ask your question. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm always. It's always uh, weird because I'm here with the other John. <laughs> I never know who's talking to Noble. <laughs> but. Uh, so my name is John Williams. I'm actually uh, a coach with Jay over at Cashflow Diary. So the reason I jumped to this room, because, well, it's short-term rentals, and that's what we do. And two, uh, I'm kind of in a unique position because as we bring students through, I, I get to see people that started, they're starting from day one, and then they go, and then they build this empire, right? And then the next person, we start from day one, we build this empire. Start from day one, build this empire. So I, just listening to this conversation specifically about the cleaners, I, I think it everything that you guys said was absolutely true, uh, always, always true, uh, and very good information. But one thing I would say is you kind of want to, uh, at least what I've seen, is you kind of want to start where you're at, right? So if you if you're just starting this business, because I feel like there's a lot of people in the audience that are like, hey, is this for me? Is this something I want to do? Maybe they've maybe they've got one. I don't know. But they're starting out. You don't start out with hiring like your own cleaning business. Like that's that's way down the road. That's you know step ten of you know ten fifteen, right? And you're just on step one. So one of the things that we that we have done actually because we're we're operators ourselves, but when we get started, we kind of want to offload the management of the cleaning team to, hey, let's go hire a cleaning company because now they've got their staff. I have one point of contact with the owner. They're going to be our cleaning person. But then as you evolve, as, you, as, you, as you've heard from people on stage, as you get more business, as you have more work for people to do, then you can kind of transition into, okay, now I'm going to start hiring my own cleaners and managing those folks. So I, I, I thought that was kind of a, a point to make because not everybody starts with, okay, I need to get, like go on Craigslist and find cleaners and interview them and they're now they're my employee. And if you've got one, two, three units, you don't have the business to support that, right? So you're better off, off you know, offloading that until it becomes a a thing where now it's more expensive that I've got 20 and I'm paying the overhead for another business, I might as well now incorporate that and fold that into my own business. So that was kind of my, my feedback on that as, as that conversation was going on. But uh, yeah, that, that's why I raised my hand. All right, John, we, we, we appreciate you tapping in with us. Uh, John's another operator in the space with uh, with some years under his belt. Um, so we want to keep the conversation going. Right. Um, I want to talk about 
uh, quality control. And right. So how do we ensure that the, the, the cleaners, the housekeepers, how do we ensure their performance remains high? Like, and then like, what, what quality control measures do you have in place to ensure that the, that their performance remains high? Uh, Tracy, it looks like you were coming off mute. You want to chime in on that? Thanks, Noble. Um, yeah, we have a probably a different model to to what a lot of other people will have. Um, in that uh, we come in after the cleanup and uh, put put washing away um, and reset the house. And that because we actually meet every single guest that comes in, we offer a high level service. Um, you know, we have a high premium price. Um, and we we meet every single guest who comes through. One of one of the team does, and so that's the way that um, that check-in person can be that second second pair of eyes, get a sticky roller and run around the floor to you know pick up any sort of loose hairs, um, because that's kryptonite um, for us short-term rental operators, and they just get everywhere, especially when you're in Asia. Um, you know, Asian black hairs they just seem to you know, no matter how much you vacuum and mop, they just get everywhere. So that, that last run around with a sticky roller makes all the difference. So we have, like, we do a tag team just because, um, you know, we, we support each other. It's a redundancy. It's a feedback loop. Um, and that's how we, you know, that's how we help each other out. Um, so, uh, like I said, we do run a slightly different operation, but that's how we do it. No, that's good. That's a good point uh, because all of us are a little bit different in how we how we go about doing that. And with that said, I want to go to Mike, Mike Schroger, because I know he has um, a couple of boutique hotels. Those are different altogether, just a different beast. But he has some remote properties that he does uh, co-hosting under. And so, Mike, what does that look like for you in, t in terms of managing that quality control uh, on the cleaning side for those properties? Yeah, so for us, I mean, we measure KPIs. And so anytime the cleaners finish up, they have to send us photos. And just over time, honestly, if we've ever had any issues, you know, we address it with the cleaners right away. And we bonus them based on the ratings that we get on our cleanliness. So they know, like, it has to be absolutely perfect. And I kind of have a three-strike policy. So if I have an issue with a cleaner three times, they're gone, and I get a new one. And I think part of that, especially for newer folks, and even it's hard to say that because I know finding a good quality cleaning team is a process and it's a headache to go through, but you've got to, you've got to maintain your standards. So if somebody on the team is not meeting those standards consistently, you got to let them go. It's that simple. It's just business. It's not personal. Um, I've gone through quite a few cleaners. I could think of even just at like, in our uh, North Carolina region. You know, we went through a few different ones. Now we've got a really good one that's been working out well for us, but they understand like, listen, if we start getting dinged or if we have guests showing up and we're having issues, like I got a three strike rule. I don't tell them it's three strikes, but we count them. So it's like, we just uphold those standards and we just tell them like, this is the deal. Um, and it's, it's been fine to be honest. Like as long as the cleaners understand, like we have a very high standard. Um, we, uh, communicate those expectations front and then we also have local boots on the ground from like a handyman and contractor standpoint like if there's any issues going on you know they can swing by the property address things the cleaners understand if there's ever any issues uh, they need to go back immediately and address them so you know we incentivize them and then we just hold them accountable is what it comes down to 
And then we have other local boots on the ground that can do like cute quality inspections. So I don't do it after every clean. So. Michael, can I ask you a question? Um, sorry to jump in. This is Tracy here. Um, when people send you the photos um, in their quality control, are they uploading that to um, an automated backend? How how is that run? How do you run that quality control in real time? It's just through WhatsApp, and we I forget the name of the app, but um, they have to use an app that timestamps the photos because my wife caught it uh, last year that one of my cleaners kept sending the same photos like literally the same photos um, after each clean. So like she'd take them on a certain day and then she'd use them for like a week or a month every time she was cleaning. So now we have them timestamp the photos and it just goes through WhatsApp. And then my back office team of virtual assistants goes through them, reviews everything, make sure everything looks good. But again, at the end of the day, if you're monitoring your KPIs and your performance, like it's going to tell you if there's an issue. So that's why we have that three strike policy where it's like, listen, if we consistently have issues with the cleaner, they're gone because we're not chancing that. Got it. Got it. And uh, so, Mike, it sounds like slow to hire, quick to fire is your uh, is your M.O. on. Uh, on yeah. The, okay. and if you follow that, though, I mean, yes, it, it sucks to go out and find new team members, but. If you get lazy with it and you're just like, oh, I don't feel like dealing with it, then you're just going to keep perpetuating those headaches and it's not worth it. So you just got to rip the bandaid off and do it. Got it. No, from experience, super accurate from experience. Well, can I ask a question though? I'm so are any of the people on stage right now in a situation similar to mine where vendors are at a premium, like legitimately vendors are at a premium in Park City, it is extremely difficult to find people. So we do use the model with our business. We've been working with the same cleaning company that is an outside third party um, cleaning company. And we've been using her for, you know, three plus years now. Um, But I do find that it's extremely difficult to, I guess you could say, lay down the law. So many times I am trying to communicate with her, listen, that, you know, my biggest pet peeve right now is the bed. I am a fanatic, so I'm probably a little bit like Lorena and like Tracy. My beds better look like they're straight from a hotel, like, flyer, or I'm not happy. And I feel like every guest is entitled to see a crisp, straight pillows, everything looking nice when they walk into the room. Um, And for whatever reason, I cannot get my cleaning company to make the beds the way that I told them to do. And it's almost like they're holding us hostage. Because they're like, well, listen, you either take what we're giving you or you can go find somebody else. And we already know you can't find somebody else because vendors are at a premium. So there you go. And so I'm wondering if anybody else has that kind of a dynamic with their outside cleaning company, because this has been an absolute frustration. Like I have been known to yell at my business partner on the phone because he is the one that's in and out of the properties. And when I go into um, do an inspection of a property, just kind of a spot inspection. And I see these beds like this. I'm just like, what in the world? Why does my bed look like a 12 year old boy made it? It's not going to work for me. Um, and on the back end of that, I wonder if any of you are hiring an outside, like a separate person, company, whatever it is, as specifically as a stager. Is that the answer? Do I need to be finding somebody that works just coming in after me? or after after the, the cleaners are finished and resetting the unit according to the way that I want it to be. I mean, that sounds like a waste of money. 
How, how, how much time have you spent trying to recruit new cleaners? My business partner is the one that he's, that he's supposed to be the, the, you know, chief operations officer. So that's something that falls, you know, under her, his purview. And so we've actually tested two other companies here in Park City. Both were horrible. Okay. I, so that's so, two. I guarantee there's more though. And I'm not trying to knock them, but the other thing I would say is try and look for them. Obviously you want to do it now, but try and pick them up when it's like shoulder season, you know? So maybe not peak of summer, maybe around like November, December before like ski season hits again, when they've slowed down a little bit. Um, well, that's the problem just, that we're seeing is that we've got so much pent-up demand here in Park City that we're not really having much of a slowdown. We should have had an empty April, and we didn't. We probably had 60% occupancy in April, which is ridiculous for us. Um, I think you're so, going to feel better, like, cracking that whip when you have a backup cleaner in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Like, because then you can just be like, listen, this isn't acceptable, and... <laughs> you're feeling like they, they've got a hold on you because right now they do. So mm-hmm. I would just be hammering your business partner and be like, listen, I don't care how long it takes, but we're going to find at least three other companies that we're going to vet out to have as backups. And if these guys keep screwing up, that's it. Like they're done, but we're and not, so we're not going to be held to and, and right, mobile. So that's that's why. That then, Michael, would you, how many are you, how many units are you thinking is acceptable or, you know, because obviously we want to make sure there's meat on the bone, right? We don't want to get, two or three other cleaners and from a portfolio of 22 properties, we don't want to say, Hey, we've got two properties for you to clean. That's not enough meat on the boat for a cleaning company to say, Oh yeah. Hey, we're going to step in and clean two of your properties. You know what I mean? So how, what I'm saying is, so Heather, real quick, John, what I would, yep. What I would just say to that real quick. And then I want to hear what John has to say too. I'm not saying I would hire three companies. I'm saying anytime I, I get a, I'm contracting for work or I'm looking for vendors. My team knows I've got a rule of three. So if somebody brings me a quote from like a single vendor, I'm like, okay, great. Where's the other two? So I need to have at least like three qualified vendors that I can go through and vet. The team vets them first and then it goes to me for approval. So I would, I would just be hammering on your, your business partner to go through, do some homework. I know it's a pain in the butt, but just, Talk to other operators, talk to whoever he needs to talk to, go to join a BNI group, whatever it is. But I would be like hammering him until you have at least three other qualified ones that you can give the yay or nay and just give them a test run. You know, that's like, what I was going to ask you is how are you vetting? Specifically, how are you vetting them? Yeah, I give them a test run. Like I'll, I'll literally give them a test run and then I'll use some other local boots on the ground, whether my handyman or somebody else, and we'll FaceTime and go through the unit mm-hmm. and they'll kind of give them a grade. So that's what we've done, like I was saying earlier in North Carolina, where we just seem to go through cleaners and we'll just like find a random day where it's like, you know, you find, you make up some type of excuse or whatever to, uh, to test out a new cleaner just on some turn, or you block the dates and just have your contractor go over there mm-hmm. and mess it up. And, you know, you could, you could even intentionally hide stuff in there. Like, I don't know, put some put some Cheerios under the bed, Yeah. put a $5 bill or a piece of jewelry in the nightstand and see if they report it to you mm-hmm. and test them for quality and for ethics. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Uh, Could I tap I, it on that really quick? I, yeah, I hear yeah, go the ahead, frustration. Jeff. I hear the frustration in Heather's voice and um, 
can I just suggest maybe a little bit different perspective? What you really need, you need a head cleaner. You need somebody that is that you trust, that is you in that head cleaner position, and let them do that. Well, but how are we doing? How how would I plug that in when I'm using a third party vendor? So I I talk directly with the owner of this cleaning company and I send her photographs when I'm, you know, spot inspecting these units and walking in. So part of the reason why I am um, seeing all of these things is because, like I said, I'm kind of essentially the creative director of over our entire company. And so I'm currently in the process of re-photographing every one of our units. So when I'm walking into these units to stage them and get them ready for the photo- photography, when I see these beds, I'm taking photos of these things and then I'm remaking the bed and then I'm sending the side by side. This is what it looked like when I walked in. This is what it's supposed to look like. And I get zero from this from the owner of this cleaning company. And, you know, what I get back is a lot of negativity, a lot of defensiveness. And so I, I chuckled a little bit when earlier when somebody said, you know, that when you're hiring a third party, I think it was um, Chelsea was saying that when you hire a third party um, vendor, you know, to, to do this for you, an outside cleaning company to do this for you. They're gonna they're not, they're gonna take constructive criticism, and I had to I had to giggle a little bit at that because absolutely not in my case she does not take any criticism. It's an immediate defensiveness, an arguing. You know, you're too picky. Um, you're a tyrant. That, I, just I totally hear you. <laughs> Contract labor. <laughs> I totally hear you. You need to get out of that position. You need a you need a person that deals with that because you're at that position that. That's what your company needs. You need control over them and not them have control over you. Yeah. You need somebody that you need to take yourself out of that and you need somebody that is your head cleaner. And and the person that you're currently using for that is the head of the cleaning company and they obviously suck. They're not up to your your standards. You need your person that is going to go deal with that. Because I hear the frustration in voice. You're angry about it. Well, John, and I think part of it is the reason why I asked my second question. Is because here's my, here's what I'm pr- proposing to you guys as a panel. Is it necessarily the job of the cleaning company to make sure that your unit is properly staged to your standards? Or are they simply a cleaning company? Because to be fair, her cleaning is spot on. But to have her stage at all is miserable. That's between you and them. That's your business agreement together. And if they're not willing to do it, then in my opinion, you need to move on. I would for sure. But were those expectations set up front? Because I think that's more important too. If they knew they were going in to clean and stage, you know, then they they have that expectation. But if they didn't know up front, um, and it's kind of an uphill battle after that, because it's like, oh, I need you to do this too. And they're like, wait, that wasn't agreed upon, you know. So I think maybe... I don't know if you'll have to kind of backpedal a little bit because now she, she feels like that she has the control, you know. That's so, a good point, Kedra, yeah. because yeah. that's really what's happening is that, you know, she was our cleaner when we were working under a previous uh, company. She was the cleaner that was working at that time. And then when we morphed and, you know, jumped, jumped ship and started our own company under Scale-Up, she stayed with us because the vast majority of her money comes from our portfolio. And so she stayed with us. But then I tried to pre- present to her at under Stalex, hey, listen, you know, this is, we're no longer going to be doing things the same way that this previous company did. There's, there's going to be some accountability on XYZ. And I think to your point, Kidra, that's, 
that's really what's happening here is that she's bucking because she's saying, well, I never had to do that before. And now all of a sudden you're making me, you know, take care of make, having the beds look, you know, exceptional every single turn or whatever. So I think that's an excellent point that you make. And maybe that's, that's really what's happening here. Hey, Heather. 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 I'd like Hello? to just... Uh, I'd like to just add something. I think, you know, you're, you're, you, you seem to try to keep having like one cleaner to take care, care of everything. When I started, and I don't think we're in the room, I said I, for me, I have a handful of in, independent uh, contractors who clean for me as well as a cleaning company. And I'm not saying that's the right model, but uh, what Mike was saying, you know, like you're, if you're only looking at one cleaning company to work with consistently, you're putting yourself in the position for them to be able to control you. And so, you know, maybe two or something just so that you have options. And if someone's not doing their job, you're able to, you know, have something, a backup plan and, you know, keep cleaning. So, you know, I want to go back to what Mike was saying before and just kind of, you know, build out a, doesn't have to be a huge team, but have like two or three least to to vet out and to hire, and then over time. I was going to say the exact same thing, John. So I second it for sure. I agree. I, I'm really tempted to jump in, Heather, because I think I can add some value as well from something you were saying before that finding suppliers, um, you call them vendors, is really tricky at the moment. So um, I kind of feel a bit bit of a kindred spirit here because over here in Australia, there's, it's nigh on impossible to get cleaners at the moment. It's really tricky. The price of them, so you used to be able to pay like $30, $40 an hour for a cleaner. Now it's gone up to $60, $80, $100 an hour just to get a cleaner to come in and to do the place because there's a lot of competition. Um, there's a lot more people traveling locally. There's so much more pressure on these areas. And like you said, you're just flat out all the time and the, the cleaners are kind of dissipating and, and it's harder and harder to find a cleaner. So I can completely understand that that frustration and that worry. I think that the other thing that kind of hasn't been covered is that it's really important not only to get the cleaners and performance manage them and all that, but also to pay them what they're worth. I think, you know, you've got to give them a good living wage. You've got to really look after them. The marketplace has changed where, you know, kind of cleaning was, I guess, a bit more of a, an unskilled job. Anyone could do it. Now there's a lot more steps in terms of cleaning that are necessary, especially with uh, with COVID being around and that sort of thing. So looking after the cleaners that you do have is incredibly important and making sure that they're getting a really fair wage and understanding that that price pressure isn't going to go. Uh, you can't try to, to kind of squeeze that part of the business to try to make more money. And that's something that I really impart to everyone. Really look at your cleaners and look at them as being as valuable as probably anything in your business, if not more, because they're the ones that make or break it in, in so many different ways. But I can completely understand that issue of not, of, you know, the, 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 the supply being so short and you being under a lot of pressure. What it is, you've got to find them. It's going to take you a while and then look after them. Make sure you look after them because you won't find them again for a while. Well, and I think that's what's interesting, uh, Bart, as well, is because we're paying these, these cleaners over $30 an hour. Each individual person on her team, not just as a whole, they're individually getting paid $30 an hour. And there's sometimes you're looking at three people in their cleaning at the same time. 
So our cleaning fees, you know, we're, I mean, when I'm cutting her a check at the end of the month, it's in the tens of thousands. I mean, we're talking about, I've, I've cut her a check for $30,000 before in a single month. So when I'm paying that much to my cleaners, that's where the frustration lies. And like you said, I, I mean, I think I've, I've gathered from, from all of you guys with your brilliant minds that what's happening here is that I've been, I, I've been sucked into this, you know, whirlpool of the cleaner is having control over me and I'm becoming more and more and more frustrated because I'm looking at it saying, listen, you're not doing me a favor because she loves to say that on, she'll say that to me in conversations. You know, I do you a favor. Um, absolutely not. I pay you well to do this. It's not a favor. It's a job. And so that's where that frustration comes. But I agree with you. Amen. Hey, for, for your, for your, um, for the people that are working, you definitely have to pay them a living wage, but I can guarantee you she's, she lives better than I do. So. I think it's important to pull it off the table. My husband works in like pharmaceutical sales. And I think when you pull that off the table, she's making that much money. You know, once you pull it off the table and let her know what's at stake, I mean, either she's going to man up and get it done or you can find someone else, you know, but since she feels like she has the control, you have to take the control back, pull it off the table, you know, set expectations and then just let her know you're willing to move on. And I mean, she could just have a good day after that because. That's ridiculous. Yeah, let me let me let me let me let me jump in here real quick, because um, this is a fascinating conversation. And Heather, you opened up Pandora's box, but that was an excellent question, right? And so, um, I, I agree with what with, with most of the other moderators have said. Like, you you cannot let this company this person hold you hostage right and you may be in a situation where um things will get worse before they improve but you need to work yourself out of this uh um you know this arrangement that you're in if you will and uh greener pastures are on the other side of that and uh you know so so uh, i i think um along with what many of the other moderators said that uh it, it would be a worthwhile exercise to uh start that transition into using uh other services or even potentially looking at uh you know like some of john and some of the others have said you know bringing some options in-house or with some you know 1099 types or, or or something along those lines but you definitely cannot let anyone hold you hostage uh in in, in any business and that sounds like that's the situation you're in um so i i, I hope did, did you get kind of a a, a decent amount of feedback were you looking for anything additional i don't think that there's one solid concrete response for you no that was that was great like i said this is why i pop into these rooms is because i need to tap into these amazing minds around me i will say that i'm wondering how many of you guys use what i call accountability signs in your property we're considering doing that even with this with this individual and saying listen we're going to put signs in each property that says you know proudly inspected by a Salex team member and professionally cleaned by and the name of her company. Should you have any problems, this is the number to call. Is mm. anybody else doing that in order to make their, their cleaner accountable? I'm not, but I love the it. Cleaners, I wouldn't give them the cleaner's phone number because then you're losing control over your operations and your team. I think we were talking about this last night a little bit too. Like, Cause then they could just call the cleaner for like random stuff and then say, doesn't sound like she would, but let's say she goes back. Now she's billing you for one person, two person at 30 bucks an hour over something that was like stupid that you could have just told the guest like, no, you get two rolls of toilet paper. Like I'm not bringing you 
15 rolls of toilet paper or something like random like that. So I wouldn't necessarily put the cleaner's phone number on there, but if you want to put it like professionally cleaned by in the company, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, for an accountability standpoint, I'm game. Yeah. Cool. I would just like to just chime in there, though, Heather, in, in that, um, you know, uh, bring them into the conversation first. It sounds like, you know, you're, you're butting heads with this, with this person quite a lot. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a negotiator. So, you know, I, I would sort of sit that person down and say, you know, we're having a bit of a communication issue here or we're having a, you know, having, having some issues. Here is a, here is a possible solution that I've got and, you know, ask them what they feel about that. And, um, you know, it, it, it shows that, um, you know, that, uh, it, it allows them to sort of, you know, bring the concerns to the table, but, but without you being, you know, coming down hard, but of course you need to have some boundaries set in the, you know, for yourself um, before you have that conversation. It's going to be a difficult conversation, but rather than, you know, just putting, you know, the accountability thing right there, no questions asked, that's what I'm doing. You know, you have to lump it, um, you know, uh, you know, you know, start it, start it up as a conversation before you, before you take that action. Um, because I think, um, you know, she's going to feel a bit blindsided if, um, if, if you do that without consultation first which we did actually mention that to her. It was funny because my business partner took that to her. And of course she immediately became defensive. Well, I don't like that idea. I don't, you know, I don't want people to know with the name of my company. And, you know, and my business partner basically said, listen, you know, you've been hiding under, you know, our name as the business. And anytime that there's an issue with cleaning, it never goes back to you. It's, you know, it, it co- comes to us as, you know, stay like you didn't clean our property well enough. And when we, when you're hiring somebody as a, you know, as a third party contractor to do the job for you, I think on some level, they have to be accountable for something going wrong rather than us as the company, you know, taking the fall for them. And so, of course, you know, when that was presented to her, then, you know, she became upset and, and defensive about it. And, um, but at the same time, I'm just, like I said, I was just wondering if anybody else has ever plugged that type of um, accountability in with, with their cleaners at all. Hey, Heather, this is Lorena speaking. So I wanted to offer you this. Um, I think, first of all, you've given up way too much power and way too much control um, to the the business owner of this this cleaning service. And I think that you're going to have to either try to take it back or find another um another you know business to to patronize there's no way that i would be paying someone the amount of money that you guys say because you're saying that you're paying this person and she can't be amendable to anything that i'm asking her like there's absolutely no way and so she either has to understand that and adjust her business to what you're asking her to do or there would be absolutely no business for her at all. And I think that's a stance that you're going to have to take. And maybe you need to take yourself out of the equation because it sounds like you guys are kind of developed like a bit of an acrimonious, acrimonious relationship. So you might need to take yourself out of that equation and let someone else do it, give someone else the level of authority to do that, or just slowly begin to start interviewing and looking for other companies. And when you start with these new companies, my mother has a saying, my mother says, start out the way in which you want to end up. Set the level of expectation with these new companies in terms of how you want things to be from the very beginning, from day one. And if there are things that you don't like, 
from day one, you let them know it so that it can be corrected. Because what happens is, and this is just in with anybody in any type of business, the longer things go unsaid and unseen and unnoticed and all of that, the more difficult it is to change behavior because they're just used to doing it any old kind of way. And so, you know, yeah, I would definitely offer you to get rid of her, start looking for, um, for, for some new companies. And then again, when you get these new companies, make sure that the level of expectations are, are laid out from the beginning. I'm done speaking. Awesome. Awesome. Good, good insight. Heather, did we, uh, provide you at least some value there maybe not a total solution but did we get you some value oh for sure i always gain knowledge when i'm in these rooms you know every now and then i have something important to say but a lot of times i'm just trying to glean off of all the the amazing knowledge that everybody else has so i really appreciate everybody's input on that and and i think it's time that i just put on my big girl panties and just say hey you don't control my business (laughs) you you were hired to do a job if you're not doing it you can hit the road, pound sand, whatever, and I will find somebody else to do it. So I appreciate you guys at least giving me a little bit of a push in that direction so that I can um, move that way and, and uh, help to pr- move my business forward in a, in a more progressive and positive way. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you asking asking that specific question because, uh, you know, that's that's what exactly the type of conversation that this room was created for was to address these types of issues. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to do a quick room reset. Um, and we got a couple of introductions and then I want to get into a conversation involving Chelsea Haley. I want to pivot back to, to Mac and Jay, if he can hang out for a minute. Um, and, and, uh, and we want to tackle, um, you know, for, for Chelsea, how does she determine, um, who's a good fit for her agency, for her cleaning business, like from a host standpoint. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, how can we as hosts get the best effort out of our cleaning partners? And that pivots back a little bit into what, to what Heather was speaking to. Uh, but then I want Haley to kind of walk us through uh, a little bit of her, training process for her cleaning team she has a pretty sizable one and i and i know mac uh pre-covid had a a large uh uh a group of properties and so i'm sure he has some pretty significant cleaning needs so i'm gonna have him tap in on that but real quick before we do that i just wanted to uh let mr giuseppe introduce himself he has hit the stage giuseppe uh you have the mic sir thank you so much nobe i'm I think that is the first time that uh, I'm in your room. Thank you so much for bringing me up. I'm so happy to be here. Who I am, I'm a real estate investor, and um, I have two security in my life. I can't teach you English because my English is not perfect here today, but I can share with you, everybody in this room, how it's possible in USA real estate market industry. You can pass, uh, like me, to start a uh, five years ago to sleep in my car, and today I have 470 properties in Cleveland. My management company, my construction company, 18-7 employee, and I sleep in totally uh, 1,000 properties in Florida. The difference is only one. If you want to realize your dream, you need to invest in yourself. And when you use uh, knowledge and take action, result in USA, the land of the dream, like a uh, um, million of uh, immigrants like me, uh, them live them dream I'm living my dream and thank you so much you everybody give me this opportunity to live my chance uh, and uh, I love the idea that if you jump inside hospitality cash flow I'm inside too 
You can follow me on Instagram and you can ask me anything you want. I love Didier. I don't want money. I love Didier. This is my contribution for you. You are American. And I want to give back exactly what the USA gave me to live my dream. This is Giuseppe. I'm done. Well, well, Giuseppe, we appreciate you uh, tapping in with us. And for folks um, who are in the room, um, you know, make sure you are following him and, and really all of these moderators. I know Giuseppe has a, a very, very unique, inspirational story. Um, he's always in different rooms, adding value and inspiring others. And so uh, so anytime I can give him a chance to uh, to tell a little bit of his story, I welcome that. Um, with that said, uh, I did want to. Um, pivot a little bit right so we're coming up on almost an hour and a half so we want to go ahead and kind of wrap some of this up but i wanted to come back to chelsea right chelsea you've been patiently listening to all of these uh these stories and these different challenges from the from the hosts regarding cleaning and so i'm wondering two things one uh if you could uh, maybe provide a little bit of insight and what heather was speaking to from your perspective that's one and then secondly uh, to that, if you can uh, let us know, like, how do you determine when when a host is a good fit for your agency? So those those two things. Yes. OK, so I did want to actually clarify because I heard I was listening to you, Heather. And number one, I want to just say that that's <laughs> it's, a, it, it's interesting because I've been cleaning since 2015 and every single client that I've had, I have held on to. Um, and done whatever I could to keep that client because the cleaning industry in general is very competitive. So it's interesting to hear that. But I wanted to just clarify um, what I was saying to, uh, I think it was uh, Bethany. I was telling her that when I'm looking for people to partner with or to bring on to help with our cleaning, I specifically look for um, up-and-coming more so solopreneurs, not full-blown companies, but solopreneurs. And there's a reason I do that because out of all the years that I've been doing cleaning and just, you know, hiring for my actual cleaning company, I've learned that when you work with someone who is eager and green and fresh, first of all, they're easily, it's easy to train them, right? It's easy to, they're not stuck in their ways. And I think it sounds like the person that you are or the company that you're working with, they just are very entitled. And I think you're only going to find that in companies that are, you know, <laughs> been around for a while, probably, you know, they exactly what everyone has said, you know, kind of just feel like they have the upper hand in your business, which you, you, all you have to do is just let them go. Letting them go will relinquish, you know, all the power they feel they have and bring it all back to you. But I wanted to clarify that. Like, I'm not just, I know that when you're working with an actual a company, a cleaning company, like we talk about this all the time in Cleaners Connect, a lot of um, hosts have issues with cleaning companies because cleaning companies um, are set to clean to a standard of a housekeeping company or a, you know, commercial cleaning company. Short-term rental cleaning and vacation home cleaning is totally different. You know, I actually had an issue um, about a week ago um, where one of our guests found a bottle, a water bottle under the bed. And so I, you know, I do, I do all my hands on training, especially here in Atlanta. Um, when I bring somebody new that's on or bring somebody new onto our team, I actually go to the property and we do the cleaning together. Like I walk them through, I give them, you know, a checklist. Like it's not just me sending them. And obviously if you're not local to your properties, that may be hard, but you know, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. But for me, I really find people that are green, that are fresh that are easy to train because honestly 
all of you guys, we're all running a business, right? So a cleaning company, they may not see this as, you know, your business. And when we're talking in Cleaners Connect, I make it very clear. Um, you know, if you're going to do Airbnb turnover cleaning, if you're going to do short-term rental turnover cleaning, you have to understand you are an asset to that host business. It's not just someone's personal home or housekeeping or a commercial building that you're cleaning. It's a business and a business structure that runs solely based off of how well you do your job. So I think what everybody is saying about setting those expectations, like we use that word so much when I'm having my conversations with um, my, my Cleaners Connect community, like the, the, uh, the expectations have to be set from the beginning on both sides, okay? So I just wanted to clarify that, like, you know, I know it's really hard. It's hard to partner with cleaning companies that have been around, that have no idea what they're doing. They may do a job, good job cleaning, but um, the whole staging aspect and just keeping up the quality, is, is, it's hard for a lot of cleaning companies because short-term rental cleaning is a different type of cleaning. So I think it takes specific training as well as, you know, being someone who doesn't mind being coached because obviously every host has the different things that they want. You have some hosts that want, you know, the beds made like a hotel. Some, you know, some hosts, they like the sheets tucked a certain way. They like the sheets folded down a certain way. They like the pillows fluffed a certain way, right? So all of these things are so important and it's important in the beginning of the, you know, the working relationship to set that expectation. So I wanted to make that, you know, pretty clear there, but. Yeah, um, can you give us the bullet points when you say, when you specifically said, you know, when you're hiring, when hosts are hiring and you're get, getting into that relationship between host and cleaning company or cleaners, mm -hmm. when you said specifically that, that, that doing, that cleaning, just traditional cleaning is a different thing, a different beast entirely than short-term vacation rental cleaning, can you give us some highlights, some of the bullet points of what the differences are? Of course. So the the actual beast is the short term rental cleaning. That's the difference. That's the beast. Okay. And I'll I'll make a really really good example. So let's just say you have a uh you know a a cleaning company has a housekeeping job that they go to once a week. And that let's just say we have a mom of three and she has some you know one young kid, two older kids. The two older kids are normally at school. Their rooms are always a mess. But she says, hey. You don't have to go into their room because I make them do their own chores, right? Um, the baby's room, you don't have to, you know, worry about his toys because he's going to just throw them all over the room anyway, right? So you're going to have that, the owner of that house or that client is going to give you what? A, a different set of uh, jobs to do every single time you come. And, and especially for me, that's my experience with residential. It's always something different. They got something different that they want every single time. But with a short-term rental cleaning, you're coming in and doing the same thing every single time for that host. And on top of that, you're cleaning for a fresh set of eyes. Each guest is a fresh set of eyes. Each guest is looking for something different. So you may have one, some guests who come in and they don't check under the bed. They don't care. You know what I'm saying? They don't care what's under the bed. But then you have some hosts, this ha happened to me with the bottle under the bed. They check under the bed. They see a bottle under the bed and they're like, okay, this place is dirty. So now they've seen one thing and they're looking for everything. So I think it's important, you know, specifically with short-term rental cleaning that, you know, or I'm going to say the difference, the biggest, the main difference is, is that as the short-term rental host that is preparing a home or an apartment for multiple guests, that cleaner is cleaning for a fresh set of eyes every single time. You That housekeeping job that they're doing as a residential cleaner, that um, client 
they may not go and check to see if everything was done the right way because they're coming back next week, right? They know that they know the cleaner, they know what's going to happen. So that's the main difference. If I can put it to you in those kind of words, it's it's a big difference. And it doesn't seem like it because a lot of people say, oh, well, cleaning is all the same. But <laughs> doing this and doing doing it on both sides, I know like it's really different. And I even had, I struggled in the beginning when I first started doing, you know, short-term rental cleaning of understanding what the difference is. But because I actually really wanted to thrive in the space, I started to just ask hosts, like, what is, what is it that you need? What is, what can we do to make your business run so that everyone's happy? And I started to like clearly see what the difference was, you know, it's really the aspect of preparing that home for a fresh set of eyes every time. It's more on the hospitality side versus the housekeeping side. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I mean, on the on the back end of that, or the follow up question to that would be, if you're somebody like like me, who's a host, who's, who's going to be looking for a cleaner, do I want to be looking for someone who specializes yes. in short term vacation rental cleaning? Because our cleaner right now, she does construction cleans, she does residential, she does short term vacation rentals. And maybe that's mm. part of the problem is that she just gets lazy. Yep. yep, that's exactly what it is. So I, you know, when I'm talking to different cleaning companies that, you know, I say, hey, I want to take on short term rental cleaning. One main thing that I always say, and anybody that's been in any of my rooms can tell you, I say, you have to take this serious as, as if you're adding another business to your business because in all reality, you are becoming a part of another business. This is not just somebody's house you're cleaning. This is, you're a working part of an already, you know, formed, fully functioning business structure. So you have to be someone who specializes in it. You have to care about it. You can't just come in and say, okay, I got to clean it. I'm going to do this cleaning real quick. And then that's it. No, it's, it really is. You have to find people who really specialize in it. And the good thing about this, and I'm going to say this to all the hosts that are in the, uh, in the room now, I'm finding that because, you know, short-term rentals are becoming so much more popular, a lot of cleaning companies are pivoting, um, especially with the um, the pandemic and how the pandemic happened for a lot of us. A lot of us are taking on short-term rentals as our main focus. So you're finding a lot of cleaning companies who really are starting to focus because they can make money, right? So if they can make money and it's consistent and they can partner with a good few hosts that have a lot of turns coming in, um, it becomes the focus. You become a master at it. You become a pro. That's what happened to me. You know, I, I partnered with a few hosts. It grew to what it grew to. And I was able to really master at that thing. I was already a good cleaner, but, you know, really understand like the pain points of cleaning an Airbnb, you know, but I would say absolutely find people and companies, solo cleaners, whoever, who specialize in vacation rental cleaning. Don't just, you know, cleaning companies, Try to avoid just regular cleaning because I'm be honest with you. Try to avoid them because they don't know what they're doing. They know how to clean, but they won't know how to, you know, service your business the way you need to be served or it needs to be serviced. Maybe I can just lure you, Chelsea, to come move to Park City. <laughs> Ooh, I wish. <laughs> I wish. I'll pay you three dollars an hour, girl. <laughs> You're my new best friend. <laughs> I so, want to um, answer your uh, your other question though, if you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let, let, let me let me t add on real quick to what you just said because I I, I didn't realize that was the situation, Heather, and I, I appreciate you adding that as context. Um, but yes, um, I, I wholeheartedly second what Chelsea's saying in uh, finding uh, cleaning partners that um, specifically that specialize in the short term rental space. And what my wife and I the um, so so 
I'll give you a little bit of background. I mentioned this before in Clubhouse, but when I was in college, I ran a cleaning business, okay? And I did make ready. So I was in a college town. There was a bunch of apartment turnover when the second semester ended, and I would go in and I would have a contract with these these property multifamily owners, and I would go in and make the property ready for the next the next resident. And so that grew into us landing some commercial uh, restaurant contracts. So then we got into that space and we we started training cleaners and things like that. To And it, and it grew to a pretty decent amount. But um, when we uh, after our first failed uh, uh, deal with a cleaner for our first property that I was explaining that story earlier, um, while we were in the process of searching for another uh, a cleaner, if you will, uh, my wife and I jumped in and, and we were cleaning those. And, and, and so, you know, we, uh, we, we, we came to understand really quickly, like this is an entirely different beast altogether than any other type of cleaning. And the, the, the terminology that we like to use is that uh, short-term rental cleaners, they're doing like these mini deep cleans every single time they turn the property, right? And so it's that, to that degree of clean um, that, that really should be taking place um, so that uh, so that you don't uh, have the issues that you're running up with. And yes, that includes um, making sure that everything looks like the photos. And, and that does include, yes, how these, these sheets are folded and the beds are made and ensuring they're not sloppy. And so, so I did want to uh, add on to what Chelsea was saying. But Chelsea, I also know that you have a process. And real quickly, if you could explain to the host um, your process for um, for vetting hosts. I know that you've spoken before about how you uh, will have a, a, a kind of a discovery call with the host or even even an on-site. And you'll go over a number of things with them to determine that y'all are a good fit. So if you could kind of just briefly walk us through that. Yes. So really quickly, um, I literally... This this process has been fixed and fixed over again many times, but ultimately, I ask the questions that would make me know if the host knows what they're doing. Because I've learned, you know, for example, how many turns do you average per month? Right? Are the how many properties do you have? You know, are you looking for, uh, you know, a main cleaner? Do you have other cleaners on your roster? Um, you know, what are some of the expectations? that you have for your cleaning company um are you also looking for management services um you know providing toilet paper paper towel uh hand soap dishwasher pads coffee things of that nature um you know uh, do you keep spare linen um do you have a washer and dryer in the unit i literally ask and run down all of those questions because <laughs> a lot of times and what i've learned a lot of times newer hosts don't really know what they need right and that also becomes an issue later along down the line, too. So for me, the type of host that I love, you don't have to be involved, but you know what's going on with your properties. You know if there is fair linen. You know, you know, the last time the home was deep cleaned. That's a, that or the property, the, the apartment was deep cleaned. I asked that question because as the new company coming in or the new cleaner coming in, I don't like to, you know, do my turnovers over uh, work that was not properly done, right? And be getting blamed for, you know, dusty baseboards and a greasy, uh, you know, hood over the stove and all these things, right? So I ask, and if they say, oh, it hasn't been deep cleaned in three months or, oh, I don't know the last time it was deep cleaned. Okay, I'm going to offer them a deep cleaning. You know, we're going to do a deep cleaning 
soon. Whether, you know, if it's a immediate urgency for us to come in and do a turn, that's fine. But I need to schedule a deep clean. I'm going to charge you my deep cleaning rates because I know that, you know, I don't want to come in to the working relationship that way. So really, I ask the questions to just know if that host is involved enough to know what they need for their business to run successfully. And I think everybody up here, if I was to have a call with one of you, you all would be able to answer my questions perfectly um, because I've, you know, sat in rooms with a lot of you and you guys all have given so much insight to those who are coming up in the hosting game. But there are a lot of hosts out there that, you know, don't know that it makes sense. If you have, you know, it makes sense to have multiple uh, uh, uh spare linen, you know, multiple spare towels. Like you should have like a numerous amount of those. Like those are small things that really make the turnovers um, easier. I also ask like, are you opposed to us doing the laundry or the linen off site? Because that would actually make our turn process a lot easier, right? And if, you know, if they're opposed to that, then I say, mm, this might not work because, you know, you have a high volume and you, you know, this is a bigger house or it's a, you know, a, a lot of space to cover and we want to get done in a certain amount of time or they're on a budget and they don't want to pay what it's worth to do <laughs> the cleaning and the laundry right in the same, you know, time frame. So I, I ask those questions and I think that they help to me to give the best or, or to get the best perspective of what's needed um, to have the most success in the working relationship. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think you just, you really, one of one of the problems that, that Heather brought up earlier than some of the moderators chimed in on was setting those expectations. And it sounds like you're very thorough about understanding from the host side what the expectations are and also letting the host know like you have expectations in terms of starting from point zero with cleanliness and needing that deep clean. And so so that that's huge. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of takeaways with that. So I appreciate that. Uh, Noble. Yes. No, but can we find out from Chelsea what she considers to be the difference between a turn clean and a deep clean. Yes. So a turn, a, a deep, I'm going to give you what a deep cleaning is because then you'll probably be able to see the difference. The deep cleaning involves a deep clean, like pulling out all the shelves of all of the, um, the uh, uh, refrigerator, pulling out the racks in the stove and, you know, scrubbing that stove down and getting all that food and all, not just, not just doing a wipe down, but actually pulling everything out. Uh, the same thing with the microwave, the same thing um, with the dishwasher, okay, um, wiping the cabinets out. So, you know, um, obviously, you every time you have a turn, you don't have your cleaners. I'm sure most of you don't have the cleaners pulling everything out the cabinets, like all the dishes and everything and wiping the cabinets out, right? That's a part of a deep cleaning. The baseboards and the ceiling fans, like ceiling fans, <laughs> they get really dusty really fast. So, you know, if I see even an inch of dust or dirt or grime on a ceiling fan or a baseboard or a windowsill, I offer a deep cleaning because I'm like, this hasn't been kept up. And the thing about it is if you do that deep cleaning every three months or so, it will be kept up and you won't have the issues because you get some guests that will complain about the baseboards. Like they'll see little dust and, you know, little things that obviously there's not enough time to do that every single turn, right? Unless you have somebody coming in with like a team of three people, right? But if not, if you got a solo cleaner or two cleaners coming in, it's normally not enough time to, you know, do a thorough deep cleaning, especially like a lot of, I don't know, there's differences. Some people have one bedroom, some people have three, some people have five. There's a lot of difference of properties, you know, but honestly, the deep cleaning. And then too, this is another thing, making sure those beds are being pulled out. Now this should be done every time, but 
the baseboards behind the beds and like behind the um the nightstands and the intake like there's literally so many things I can name off but with the deep cleaners it's literally like the ends from A to Z of the entire house or the entire property if I see any dust anywhere in those places a deep cleaning is needed <laughs> awesome awesome appreciate that insight I want to pivot um real quick folks before we wrap up because I want to hear from Mac I want to hear from Haley um, I even want to go back to Kiara quickly, but, um, uh, this next, this next question, uh, Haley, I'm going to start with you because for the people that, um, have struggled with, uh, you know, agency help or, or, or different companies, maybe they're gotten to a position where they're, they're large enough maybe to bring on, uh, in-house, uh, support in, in the cleaning or housekeeping side. Um, I want to hear Haley, if you could describe for us real briefly like what your uh training uh process or onboarding if you will for your internal cleaners looks like briefly is going to be a challenge but i'm also in a hurry myself so <laughs> okay. I, I can, i'm gonna work on that keep it short um so one thing i i, I want to point out um chelsea i feel super affirmed by you because i don't identify myself as a as a um, you know, housekeeping company owner necessarily, but I do identify as director of operations and, and wearing that hat of housekeeping management is there. So hearing you speak um, on a lot of the things you've said, I feel affirmed because I think and feel a lot of those same things. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing a good job. So <laughs> thank you for that. Um, but yes, yeah, so my team, um, we, we actually, I feel very blessed after I've heard some of the prices that you guys are paying, we are all um, contract labor and um, we are benefiting um, a, a team of 20 averaging at about $15 an hour. Um, so I'm very, very proud of that. Um, are we perfect? No. Um, the people that are excellent and do a really good job and have been with us for a while get paid more. Um, the newbies who are still learning, they were started a little bit less. And actually none of our team, with the exception of maybe one person, um, has had housekeeping experience prior to joining our team. Um, so I've actually taught everybody, basically what my, we've been doing is hiring people who are actually looking for jobs and at bare minimum are just passionate people who, who want to do a good job. Um, and from there, you know, I teach everything else. So um, I've really spent a lot of time and energy um, educating and molding and shaping these people to be what we need them to be. Uh, one of my biggest pitches in, in an interview is, look, if you're not moldable, then you're not good for our team because everything is changing every single day. We're always perfecting. We're always growing. We're always changing the way we do things. So if you're not able to adapt to change, then it's not going to work. Um, even just in general, not with just the fact that we're perfecting our operations and the way that we do our cleanings and the way we do our turnovers. Um, because it's more than just cleanings, right? It's, it's inspecting for damages and inspecting for maintenance. And like someone mentioned, you know, jewelry or money left behind and reporting that. It's, it's so much above and beyond just the cleaning itself, um, you know, that we have to, to be able to adapt and perfect this system every single day and make it a little bit better. And so aside from just us improving ourselves as a team, Airbnb changes. I mean, goodness gracious, even before COVID, Airbnb changes the way that, that, that we need to document, right? Like back in 2018, I didn't need nearly a fraction as much evidence and documentation. And now I'm starting to take video tours after cleanings and all this craziness 
because of the amount of strict and the amount of, oh, we're just going to go ahead and refund them, even though we haven't even talked to you and heard your defense. <laughs> um, there's, there's a lot. Um, I mean, we've been conned by a guest who I literally had one of them walk up to my housekeepers and say, um, you know, well, we, we know how to do get free stays at Airbnb. So if you want to stay for free, you know, just, just do this and this and this and they'll refund you. And we, we'll, we book two nights and then, and then, um, we tell them that we had a, a problem at like midnight and then we get all of it free refunded, but we stayed for free that night before and we stayed and slept there or whatever. I've had that happen many times. I, I target those. I talk to my team about it. I talk to my cleaners about it and I'm like, Hey, this is what we're looking out for. Not everybody is like that. We do have genuine good guests, but this does happen. Protect yourself. I believe that you're doing a good job, but you need to provide me with the documentation and the evidence that we need to defend our whole company and our whole business so that we can keep the money, that we can keep improving, that you can get raises and that we can all get promotions because we hold on to what we've earned. Um, so, gosh, I could ramble for hours. but <laughs> No, that's good. Um, but, yeah, we are, we are a team, I think, is the biggest thing. Um, they are, you know, pretty much happy with their pay. They know that they get to earn their hourly rate, you know, as they, as they perform, you know, I don't, I don't put anybody, um, who has been underperforming. I don't give them five units a day. That doesn't happen. If you're not doing a good job, I'm not entrusting you with three apartments. I'm definitely not going to entrust you with someone who's checking in for a three month stay. Absolutely not. You're getting the one nighter. And, you know, if you can prove to me, you can handle a one nighter, then I'll give you someone who's checking in for two weeks and you can detail clean. I'll let you stay on the clock a couple hours longer to make sure it's perfect. And I will pay you for that time because you're going to you're going to make it perfect and make it what we need and you're going to communicate with me and you're going to report what you need to report. Um so it's been a reward system I think more than anything. Um and I do very much act like a mom to some of these people. I do try to nurture and grow and it's just something I kind of like to do honestly. It's a lot of work. So this business model's not perfect for everybody, but if someone's starting out, if anybody out there that's listening has like maybe two or three properties and you know, you're on a budget and you don't want to ha pay, you know, someone $200 for your house for a cleaning, especially if you have like no experience or relationship with them, and you're kind of considering the uh, contract labor type of thing. Um, definitely, I would say if you, if, if you are not excellent at teaching, obviously target uh, someone who has housekeeping experience, but um, but even if, if, if you love what you do and you're cleaning it yourself and you know exactly how you want it done and you're good at communication and teaching, then this is a really good option. Um, even if, if you want to hire someone who doesn't have that, but they seem like they got a good head on their shoulders and they're willing to learn, then just really dedicate that time to teach and coach and maybe even let them know, hey, as, as our, our business gets bigger, would you be interested in teaching and coaching? That's, you know, as promotion, right? There's no glass ceiling. This company's growing. So, hmm. you know, grow with us. Um, that's, I guess that's my spiel. For I like it. I like it. I like it. So real quick, before we let you go, um, I know that uh, Sean's mentioned this a couple of times, but you guys have this this acronym that involves like look up, look down, hair hides, you know, something along those lines. Uh, just for the listeners, if you know how that breaks out, can you spell that out for us? Because I think it's pretty cool. So his acronym, I think he probably mentioned it to me like once. I know he uses it with the other cities a lot. Um, I might be a little bit more independent. I still respect Sean, of course. <laughs> um, but I know that we, we do have a five-step cleaning process. So the first step is is to look around and inspect, right? So that's to look and see, okay, does the TV work? Do the light bulbs work? Um, is anything damaged? Does it, is, you know, did someone drop the TV and break it or a lamp broken? Um, does anything look like it's stolen? So that kind of targets more towards cleaners have been cleaning the same place at the same time over and over. Um, but we do, you know, look for that, 
look for theft, look for damage. Then um, open everything is one of the next steps. So open all the cabinets, all the drawers. Is there a crack pipe in there? Because we found about six in the last year. So, <laughs> wow. you know, we don't want to leave that behind in the silverware drawer. Um, that has happened. So, yes, we um, we have that one. Open everything. Um, then it's from top to bottom. So look up, right? That's where we check the ceiling fans. We check the uh, top of the oven. You know, we go from the top down to the cabinet. Um, and the floor would be last. Um, laundry, actually, I did skip a step. That is immediately after the inspection and look around, you just start the laundry, right? Um, uh, so that's kind of like in between one and two because that washer needs to be running while we are cleaning everything else. Um, but yes, top to bottom. And then after that would be the documentation. So that's where you, um, you go through and you take literally pictures of everything. It kind of follows up with the open everything. Um, after you've done like cleaning all, all of the stuff, you make sure you don't miss anything, right? And when we take pictures with cabinets for dishes, we can document how many plates and bowls were there. So we can use that as a reference if we're missing plates tomorrow. We, there was, we have photo evidence that there were five or six in the cabinet today, and now there's only two. So we need to charge that person for having broken or stolen three plates. Um, because those things like plates and towels and all that, they just, they are money suckers. They just disappear very, very quickly, especially at the scale that we are at. I mean, I, I've wasted too much money in the past um, replacing dishes and linens because we haven't been able to keep track of them. So that's one of the biggest things we've been improving upon is documenting and keeping track of those smaller items um, because they just go super fast. So um, open everything, document um, everything, and then um, disinfect and I think post um, where you post all the documentation up after you get your pictures. So that's, that's pretty much the gist. Awesome. Awesome. We appreciate you uh, chiming in with us. Uh, that's some great insight. So so thanks for tapping in with us this evening. So I want to come real quick to Mac. Thank then you. I'm going to go Kiera. Um, uh, but Mac, real quick. And like we, we know like pre-COVID, you had a number of units, right? So I can only imagine like, um, you know, what your what your your process was like for your cleaners. But at a high level, if you can just take a couple of minutes to tell us um how how your uh, how your cleaning team was was onboarded and who handled that? Thank you, no, well, um, appreciate it. Uh, thank you, guys. Um, so I would describe it as over the course of five years or six years. It was three phases of it. The first phase was painful. Like my mom was my mom. I would say she's the most amazing like person in the world. She was my partner in this, so she was similar to kind of similar to the way you just. Haley kind of brought up that she really worked closely with our cleaners that we found on Craigslist. And, you know, we, as we got more and more units, we had, I think three or four uh, more check-ins. We just noticed how many refunds we were having to give uh, guests. And that's one of the metrics. Like if you have a lot of check-ins and you're going to have, and then you start having to refund guests for issues like hair in beds and stuff like that, then you just, that's the stuff that really bothers me when guests send us a message like this is a disaster. Like I can't, I can't stay here. So that's when I really got uncomfortable, but I was kind of like, my mom was kind of in the middle of it, like with these relationships with the cleaners, that was very stressful because it put me and my mom kind of like, I'm trying to run this company. I'm having to refund people because these cleaners sometimes don't listen to you. And so kind of eventually I'm like, I got to move to phase two, which was, find a, a cleaner which like that is more reliable and that was when we were probably at like 60 60 units or something and it also happened because we were moving into the corporate housing them like the corporate housing space where uh we needed to operate and set up our units 
much differently than you do with uh, short-term rentals. If you have a contract with a, a company like Oakwood, which we did, uh, who has a contract with Facebook, and you need to set the units up and turn them so they basically look like a brand new unit for for those those clients of theirs. It's not like you can have a, a half empty uh, like salt and just, uh, olive oil and shampoo bottles sitting there. You can't have anything. It has to be completely turned over. So I started scouting and I called this company called Aboda, who's a giant like company, like the biggest corporate housing company in our market and probably in the country. Uh, I said, I need some help uh, as we move into summer. And so I basically started doing some, like I, I brought on five or so different, like uh, I said, I need at least five different um, cleaners to clean about 10 different units. And then I basically would meet them to let them in and kind of learn what the, uh, I was learning what the differences were between their, the way they did things and what the way uh, we did things as short-term rental operators, because I was like, I trust that they uh, know how to get this done the right way for their corporate client. They've been trained already for, for this. So they're, they're prepared. And then the other thing was I knew that they were being paid, I think like under 20 bucks an hour. And so I, by the grace of God, I found a cleaner when I let her into the, the room and she had this like really sweet, like, uh, like this, I don't know what it was about her. And I just basically said like, I need your number. I'm going to call you back and I'm going to like work with you. If you want to be my cleaner moving forward, just I'll give you four or five. So I used a Boda to basically like, like you might like find cleaners on, uh, whatever those other sites are called that you guys have used. I just basically used a Boda because I, they have an army of cleaners. So I used them instead. And I essentially found the right cleaner and then she scaled up with me. She had her own company, which is great. And she really wanted to scale it. And she took a lot of ownership. She's just like the sweetest lady. And so at, at one point she was doing 19 cleans in a day and she never, ever complained once to me. And I knew because I wasn't refunding hardly anyone at that point that she, I can just put it on her court. If, if I, if she wants to charge me a little bit more, that's fine. And I also went through a lawsuit with my Craigslist cleaners because they were considered employees. That's another story. Uh, I owe $16,000 because they were qualified as like employees three three years later. And it sucks. I owe like all this money for, for that situation. So that's another story. But hmm. anyway, Diana, Diana uh, is, amazing and she's now changing with my company as I have to take on like large properties uh, and she's pivoting with me and she's still here through the pandemic and like she she adjusts she learns she she, she gets it and it's just like an incredible I, I was like I, I don't ever want to have to look for another cleaner I will give it all to her and yeah I could go on her but she's she's amazing um, but that's kind of the, the three phases I think was finally getting her after about year four and she's done everything for for me ever since i've since that kind of situation happened nice uh found a, a gem in the rough if you will um so we can we can all use a diana i'm sure uh so here's what i want to do real quick i got a question for kiera then if my mods can hang around anybody who's got some extra time i want to take these last few questions uh before we uh before we wrap up um kiera you are such like I met you for the first time this past weekend at the business over yeah. breakfast event in Houston. And, uh, you know, I, I had talked to you on the phone before, right? I had, you know, we've been on stages and, and this and that over the last few months. And, uh, 
you know, you have like the sweetest personality, right? Like uh, uh, out of like so many people on Clubhouse, right? And so this is Thank the <laughs> so so this is the question I have for you, right? Because you're such a sweetheart, right? You should have such a great, nice personality. How do you handle firing a cleaner? Okay, so <laughs> if I'm being honest, um, I think that the only time you need to ha- uh, fire a cleaner is if you determine that you've done everything you can to tell, like, to show them how to do the cleans, and they just can't do it. Then you should be looking to hire them because I think the problem is, and we kind of have this problem too, is the problem is a lot of people get mad at their cleaners, but they're not realizing that they actually don't know how to clean their own units. So for us, mm. for example, I always say this, we clean the first five, like first five to 10 times for our units, just so that A, we know how to clean in case our cleaners just can't make it. Um, and then B, we make a little extra money in the first month. And then um, also like, you know, we can kind of teach them how to clean. So like recently we had a problem where um, our cleaner, she was, a, she, you know, she's a residential cleaner, but she's not an Airbnb cleaner normally. So there were little things that she hadn't done, like opened every cabinet or um, put new toilet paper on the roll or um, look under the bed or sleep under the bed, like little things like that, that I would expect someone to do for like a cleaner. I couldn't get mad at her because I wanted to like, I wanted to see, you know, what she would do as a cleaner. So what I, what we would have to do is, or what you would have to do is you would have to sit down and say, okay, what did I do? What do I do when I clean? What are the, what are these steps? The literal steps. First thing we do, we walk in is I look around and say, okay, what needs to be changed? I always look at the couch covers first because we don't have extra couch covers. So if those need to go in the wash, then they go in the wash first and then look at the sheets. If the sheets need to be replaced, we need to figure out, do they need to be moved or, you know, do they need to be, do we need to buy new ones? Are there extra ones in the cabinets? And then finally the towels, because those are, you know, there's always extra towels in the cabinets. Um, but you have to make sure that was just one example, but you just have to make sure that like you've already get, you've already given them your standards. Don't get mad at someone. Seriously, don't get mad at someone if you haven't said, if you haven't A, cleaned it yourself and B, sat down and said, okay, this is how you clean. I'm a little tip for you guys. Um, what I start, or I guess what I started doing, and well, I've told my clients to do this from back then, like from years ago, right? But have your cleaners record a video um, as they're leaving the property and have them talk out what's going on in the, in the, going on in the video. Because a lot of people say, oh, I just like checklists. I just like photos. No, have them talk out a video because what happened is if they're looking like, oh, okay, um, you know, here's under the bed. We clean under the bed. We lift under the bed. We opened every we opened every cabinet. Uh, we looked in every dishwasher. We looked in a dishwasher. If they catch something and they're like, "Oh, I didn't look in a dishwasher. My bad." You know, they'll have to like probably pause the video and then start it from another point to show that they did that. The little things that don't get done are so important because those are the things that people notice. Um, yeah, I like cleaning them, and I, I agree. Clean those baseboards, even if you got to take the broom and you know put the broom over the over the baseboards and uh, wipe down everything. Just open everything everything that can be opened like just open it because people put things there everything <laughs> even the stuff that yeah but Thanks. i don't know if that's, but how to fire cleaner um well make sure you've already given your standards if you don't if you haven't you just gotta sit down with them and let them know like okay i'm probably gonna spot check you if, if you can i'm gonna have someone spot check you for the next couple of cleans um and if they can you know if they still are you know skipping out then you just have to be straight up with them like okay you know this is a great relationship you know i, I still you don't want to keep this great relationship um but we're probably gonna have to move on or maybe we can have you on standby or something like that 
Love it, love it, uh, man. That that those were gems right there, folks. So Kiara steps in the room uh, shortly before we shut it down and, and just drop some value. So um, man, that that was a lot to unpack here, but I appreciate it. Um, and sh and she did it so so nicely too, so eloquently, right? <laughs> so we appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> so so no, what I, I I love this stuff. <laughs> Oh, no doubt. And, and, and folks, um, so we're going to do outros here in a little bit. And, and Kier, I want you to let, let them know how they can uh, get connected with you to learn more. But before we do that, um, I want to take these three, a uh, couple of questions. Looks like we have uh, some folks on the stage. So, Kasha, it looks like you have the first question. You have the mic. Looks like Kasha might have might have tapped out on a spell of sleep. I don't know. We've been going for a little over two hours, so we'll keep it moving. Uh, looks like, is it Kazaya? I have another question whenever you get through with the last person. Okay, I'll come back to you, Bethany. Uh, is it Kazaya? Uh, if you're with us, if you have a question, you have the mic. You can unmute. Hey, it's Kasia. Good, good uh, evening. Kasia, I'm sorry. Yep. No, you're good. You're good. Um, I actually, I had a question, but it got answered earlier. So I am good. Thank you so much for this room tonight. I have learned a lot. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for tapping in. All right, Bethany, you are up. You have the mic. Okay. So one of my questions is how often do you update your unit or make changes to it? So it looks fresh and a new look. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, who wants to take that Oops, one? I would love to. I'd love to get in on this one, Noble. Nope, oh, shoot. <laughs> okay, so that's a really amazing question. So I think that this has. There's going to be two answers to this because it's going to be based on the business model that you have in place. And what I mean by that is, are you doing rental arbitrage versus are you co-hosting? So it's going to be two different animals here. So if it's I'm rental, doing rental arbitrage. arbitrage. Right. So rental arbitrage, obviously you have a lot more, um, uh, you know, freedom to update your space as the money is flowing in versus co-hosting. You're working with an owner that you are having to essentially persuade, convince, encourage, whatever word you want to use to get them to update their property. And so I think that that when you're in when you're looking for the answer for this, it's going to be based on what you're doing. So you're saying that you're doing rental arbitrage. So I would say that if you're doing rental arbitrage and you have enough cash flow, then you should probably be doing at least minor updates once annually. And what I mean by minor updates is freshen up some paint. If you I mean, people bump on, uh, into into walls, corners, things like that. Paint gets chipped off. You know, throw pillows should be updated. Anything that is trendy, so, you know, if, let's say, faux fur pillows, you know, have gone out of the way, which they haven't, at least not here in Park City, but let's say that they go by the wayside, um, you don't want to keep those faux fur accent pillows in your property anymore. You want to update those things. So I would say that you're going to be looking at it through the eyes of a guest, and they're, they don't want to walk into a place and say, dang this place looks like it's from the 80s unless you're going with an 80s theme and then go with it but as far as actual updating you should be doing minor updates at least annually in in my opinion from a design aspect you should be doing that at least annually and then if you're co-hosting again and that's where it gets really tricky for those of you who are co-hosting that's the space i'm in and 
it is, it can be very, um, you could be walking on eggshells with that. And a lot of that is because the owner owns this property as a second home. And depending on how much time they spend in that second home, they may or may not be decorating it to the way they want it to look and what they're comfortable with. And so encouraging that owner to and telling them, hey, listen, I want you to feel comfortable in your own space. But at the same time, we need to be certain that we are, if you are, you have chosen to put it into the short-term vacation rental market. And because you've made that choice, you, it, it's important that you keep in mind that your property needs to speak something to the incoming guests. And it, it, it can't be too personal. Obviously, you want to have some things that make it feel cozy and comfort- comfortable and inviting, but it can't be so personal that a guest feels absolutely uncomfortable, like they're walking into literally somebody else's home and that person is going to walk in at any moment kind of feeling. So that would be my answer to you from a design aspect. That's that's what I would would propose to you. Okay. And one other question. So like when I'm doing searches for like, comparable Airbnb to what I have, which is a one bedroom, one bath apartment. Like uh, I've noticed some, you know, people like to go with themes, whether they do like Star Wars or I've seen some interesting ones, a Paris theme or, you know, whatever. What is your thoughts or suggestions on doing a themed um, in rental arbitrage? Tracy, do you want to answer that? Uh, uh, can I give it a go? <laughs> yeah. I've been saying that was me, but at the top here. Um, look, for themed property, it's all about your avatar, so who you're actually targeting in your market, okay? So you want to think about who it is that's actually visiting. Um, have a look back at who's visited in the past, and you want to start scribbling it down and going, okay, so the, the people who were visiting were uh, couples for romance, and um, they were in this particular age group. When they come they come and they go to the cinema, they go out to restaurants, they might be going to the beach, they might be going for hikes, for walks, whatever it is, okay? It's going to be different for every property. Then you understand who those customers are that are coming, and then what you can do is you can hyper-focus on them through a particular theme. The one thing with theming that you're going to find problematic is that you might not get it right the first time around. So you could put in a theme and it could just go gangbusters or it might change. People's flavor might change. So it just depends on how much you want to invest in it. Um, but it's a really great way to differentiate yourself in a very crowded marketplace. So um, definitely consider doing it, but also consider the fact that you might need to keep on switching it if it's not quite hitting your avatar because it is going to be trial and error. Crazy, do you have anything more? Of course Thank I you. do, Bart. Of course I do. Um, the thing about themes, uh, Bart is absolutely right. Um, and talking about class of avatar, this is, you know, what uh, he and I about, bang on about all the time. It's a really, really important part of your business. Um, uh, but if you're really trying to target a fan of Wars or a Star Trek or a Harry Potter or whatever, you need to go all in. Because if, if, if you are creating a destination based on your place um, and people are coming because you've created this theme, this experience, then you need to have it right. You need to have it nailed down. Um, otherwise, people who are true fans, they're going to, you know, they'll be all over you in the so, um, uh, I mean, right? You can charge 
premium and it is a very, very profitable way to do business. Um, but if it's just as a gimmick, as a bit of a, you know, uh, uh, you know, to, to try and maybe hit a different demographic, then then that's not really a good commitment. So, um, again, you need to focus on your avatar, why they're coming to the area and what are their pain points and, and meeting those. Um, uh, so um, take a bit of time to consider who, who who's coming to your space and why they're coming, um, and then you can build your theme around that. Does that help? Does that answer your question? Yes. That is, and I have one more question. Um, so... One of my goals was to, um, you know, target and attract like professional clients, whether it be nurses, doctors, um, you know, uh, marketers or people who travel, you know, from like, you know, corporate type standpoint. And I know there are um, platforms, uh, nursing platforms uh, for um, traveling nurses and things like that. So what would be your suggestion um, in how to secure, I guess you could say some contract or some longer uh term rental hey let me take that one i'm gonna take that one bethany um so you you asked uh ooh, we could go on and on with that one right um because there's so many ways to target um you know specific guest types um but with the traveling nurses that you mentioned um you know a lot of people are familiar with the furnace finders the nurse bnb that sort of thing um rb is a good uh, connection she's on stage she serves that market um but then there's the agency space right and so there are uh, placement agencies if you will that will place these nurses uh in in different communities based based around the medical districts that they're um, going to be working at um and so um, so, so both RB, Rafa, and then one of our counterparts, a gentleman named Jesse Vasquez, um, he's, uh, real handy in that space with the, with, with the nurses. So make sure you're tapped in and following them and hitting that little, um, uh, that little bell icon, because that means whenever we're speaking on a stage, uh, a lot of times, um, this topic will come up and more specifically uh the gentleman i just referenced jesse he'll be on these stages with us um and he can add a lot of value and insight uh into that specific space uh but one other thing that i would say um regardless of whether it's the healthcare industry whether it's corporate whether it's you know higher education small government insurance whatever it is right um the easiest way to go about finding out like who do i need to speak with to uh let these people know that i exist and i have a product and service that i'm uh have available to offer to their um you know to to their employees or to their personnel or, or customers is to pick up the phone Right. And so that uh, you, you simply pick up the phone. You can a lot of times you can start with the HR department. Right. And, and, and ask and find out who is that contact person or third party company in many cases that you would need to touch base with. Um, sometimes you can start with. Here's another one. You can start with the purchasing department. Right. We've done this where you want to be set up as a vendor a lodging vendor, right? So you can start with the purchasing department or the procurement department for some of these companies and things and try to get set up as a vendor. Um, so really just picking up the phone and asking these people questions and you'll be surprised what you can learn and what you can find out and how you can get plugged in um, in a way that I not, not only allows you to, um, you know, leverage the information you you get to cater to that group, uh, but also will put you in a position to get some direct business as well, um, which is always uh, beneficial. Uh, does that make sense? Yes, that does make sense. 
And thank you so much for everybody who has contributed to answer my questions. And I have one last one. Um, I just recently discovered uh, the Tidy app, T-I-D-Y app. And I was wondering, has any of the hosts that are on here used uh, or contacted any cleaners or anything that that app offers? Real quick, anybody on Tidy? I'm not familiar with it. Anybody else? Tidy, Tidy. So I'm going to take that as a no, Bethany. Um, I've used Tidy one time. um, But I recommend that you look at Turnover B&B because we found Tidy's cost to be a little bit higher compared to what you could find for other uh, cleaners. So it's another resource that you can use as a marketplace to be able to find your cleaners. And after probably having them do one or two different like cleanings, you could develop a direct relationship. That's how starting uh, in short-term rental business, we were able to find our initial cleaning team and then work out a price directly with them off the turnover DMV platform. And that's how we were able to start contracting our first net cleaners. Okay. I'm inboxing you so you can send that to me via Messenger or Instagram Messenger, if you don't mind, please. Sure, not a problem at all. There you go. There you go. Hey, Bethany. Hey. Hey, it's Lorena. I just wanted to offer you something um, in regards to the first question that you had, um, like how often do you kind of do like updating to your unit? And I would kind of differ a little bit than what Heather was saying. I think it really depends on um, your volume, your volume, the amount of guests that you're servicing, um, you know, per month. You know, for us with our units, we're kind of like at about, a 90% in terms of uh, percentage of um, reservations a month. So for us, we, we couldn't wait, you know, a year to kind of do updating to our units. And I think that's where you kind of work hand in hand with your cleaners, particularly if you are um, not uh, close to wherever it is that your listings are, right? So having your cleaners being able, or even yourself, if it's you, if you're close by, you know, going over your listing like with a fine tooth comb, looking at things that really kind of need updating, whether it's a rug that looks a little ratty, fatty, or, you know, um, a throw pillow, whether the wall needs a little bit of touch-up paint. You don't necessarily have to paint the entire, you know, it's the entire room. You can get matching color, small quarter paint, and touch-up, you know, touch-up those spots, or even like baseboards and things of that nature. So, Again, I think it really depends on the amount of volume of guests that you are um, receiving. If it's a higher volume, you're definitely going to have to be touching up and, you know, just kind of brightening up your places much, much more. You know, the guests are looking at these pictures on on the website and they're like, oh, my God, the place is so beautiful. But when they come in, it also needs to translate the same way that it does, um, you know, in the photograph. So that's my two cents. Awesome. Thank you, Lorena. I have one last question. I'm so Bethany, sorry. Bethany, I know Bethany. everybody's probably ready to get off. <laughs> Bethany, we are not only ready to get off. No, I'm going like, to give you one more. Let's go. Okay. So I didn't do like a video tour of my unit. I just did pictures, but I was considering, um, you know, doing a video, having a video tour done to add to my listing. What are your thoughts about that as will it help? Um, you know, be more beneficial in increasing my bookings by having that virtual tour or. Yeah, let me tackle that one. Um, so a couple of things. So video is good. 
uh, anytime that you can leverage it, yes, leverage it, right? Uh, but but one thing to know is like the platforms, well, specifically Airbnb, um, will not uh, allow you currently at the current state to add video to your listing, right? However, we were talking about in RB's room this morning, it was brought up that you could use a QR code as one of your photos and uh, that QR code could take them to a link that shows your video. So that's an option for you. Um, VRBO, uh, if I'm not mistaken, last look does have the ability to um, to add a video um, to your listing. Um, but but yes, uh, anytime that you have an opportunity to um, provide a video walkthrough or something along those lines, um, I would take advantage of that because it'll make you stand out. Right. Um, and it provides a little bit more of a, tells the story of your space and provides a little bit more of a glimpse uh, of the experience that the uh, the guests can uh, expect when they arrive. So does that does that help? Yes, that does. And thank you for being patient with me with my question. All right. All right. We appreciate you asking all 10 of them. So we're going to we're going to keep it moving uh, real quick. I want to come back and see if Kasha is uh, with us. She is. Kasha, you have the mic. What's she your question? Is, I'm sorry. My um, phone was frozen when I was here. <laughs> you know, I was like, darn it. I missed my opportunity. Um, so my question is, I have a new uh, one, I guess, short term rental. And how, what is the. Where do you guys go outside of Facebook market, I mean, outside of Facebook to get co-hosts? Because I am currently looking for a co-host. Anybody want to take that one? Absolutely. You should be making friends with realtors. That is going to be your biggest source of possible uh, co-hosting opportunities. You, the be, probably the best way to do that as far as co-hosting is going to be to create some sort of a pitch deck yeah. that explains what it is that you're offering. Um, and then presenting that, making friends with realtors and saying, Hey, listen, you know, I'm, I've got to start short term vacation rental business that, um, that I'm running in this area. And these are the types of places and be very specific. Here's what you have to remember when you're, t when you're making friends with realtors, you need to be very specific on what you're looking for, because otherwise you're going to have realtors that are sending everything your way. And you don't necessarily want to be co-hosting with, you know, properties that are dumped. So be very specific and say, listen, this is what we're looking for. We, you know, so for instance, with us, when we are partnering with realtors, we're very specific and say, um, we don't want to host, we don't want to co-host with an owner that for a property that is going to bring in anything less than 80,000 gross annually. So we prefer 80,000 and above. There are a lot of people that go with 45. It kind of depends on your area as well. I mean, obviously here in Park City, that's not hard to come by with 80 to 100,000 gross. Um, because of the type of properties that we have here in this area. But, you know, if you're talking about like a, you know, general, like let's say that I was doing this in San Antonio, my hometown in San Antonio, Texas, I could probably get away with going to, you know, like the 45, 50 gross properties and still be making money. Right. Um, but yeah, so be very specific while you're making friends and networking with realtors, get together a good pitch deck. doesn't need to be any more than maybe, you know, 10 pages long, make it, attractive make it interesting um be yourself be authentic um don't don't over promise uh, you always want to under promise over deliver right. and um that's going to be your best source for finding co-hosting opportunities is what i found and then other than that it's really uh -huh. just talking to people um awesome. I have a question. Tasha, are you asking for co-hosting opportunities or for a co-host um 
I was asking for a co-host, but her information still that she gave me was with Jim anyway. <laughs> so I'm right. looking for a co-host. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was actually going to say, I, I can guarantee you there are at least five to ten people in the audience um, who will DM you. And if y'all are, if y'all want that co-hosting opportunity, definitely DM Kasha. Is it Kasha or Kasha? <laughs> Kasha. Kasha, yeah. yeah. Um, there are multiple people in the audience who are probably willing to. Um, and then if you want, you can DM me. I could probably post it on my stories. And um, you can kind of just go through and um, figure out because I, um, I can say right now I get a lot of DMs with people asking for opportunities to co-host and I'm sure um, other hosts on stage do too um, and then we can definitely connect you with someone from the internet <laughs> you guys are awesome as usual thank you Noble I appreciate you hey. for calling me back up hey thank you for tapping in with us appreciate the question um, and thanks uh, thanks for mods for, for answering that one also um, and then I saw JD come up uh, I guess someone might have pulled you up JD did you have a question Okay, maybe not, maybe not. All right, folks. So here's what we want. No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't have a question. I, it asked me to be a um, a speaker, and I just just moved up. But no, uh, no questions. Um, I'm just uh, learning as well. Okay. All right. No problem. No problem. Appreciate you uh, tapping in with us. Um, so real quickly, JD, since you are on the stage, um, give us a little like thirty second intro. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so I do a little bit of everything. I'm, I'm into a lot of stock stuff, but, um, I'm in the short term rental game a little bit too. Now, um, I had a few houses I started off with, um, I'm 29 years old. So I bought my first house at like 24 and I was lucky thing that was already in the house already. So I was basically buying it fully fronted. So I started doing Airbnb from there, bought a second home and then got into the arbitrage side of things and grew it to about 27 right now and uh just been booming ever since yeah i'm kind of trying to do it all you know learning from people like you guys so i appreciate it okay well welcome to the uh welcome to the club we appreciate you uh tapping in with us and uh fellow host in the space so uh thank you for joining us um so what uh we're gonna do now i'm gonna let these mods kind of go and uh give their outros and uh because i i think uh these are all like everyone up here um has just a massive amount of of knowledge and so i want to give them an opportunity um to uh to give their closing remarks and uh mention anything they have going on or any products and services that they offer um but with that said um i did uh i did bring up uh I did bring up Norman. Uh, he just hit the room, but uh, he's a he's a fellow host in the space. So I'll I'll start with him, and then we'll work backwards. So Norman, if you want to do a quick outro, intro, outro, you have the mic. Intro, outro. I got you. Uh, my name is Norman Hamilton. I'm one half of Company Living Arrangements. We're based out of Houston, Texas. We specialize in short-term rental property management and also rental arbitrage. Been doing it for about four years and change. Um, I guess that's my intro, and that's also my outro. If you want to find me, you can just follow me on Clubhouse and just reach out, or you can tap in with me on Instagram, whatever works for you. I'm here to help. All right, sir. Appreciate you tapping in with us. Uh, and then Brian. Brian, you came in uh, at the at the at the last segment, so I wanted to definitely uh, allow you an opportunity to introduce yourself to the audience. You have the mic, sir. Appreciate you having me on stage with so many amazing people. Didn't get a chance to share too much, but I hope that someone's able to take some nuggets away. 
Uh, Brian Fontenot, based in Houston, Texas, has been operating in short-term rentals, running this business for about the last three years. Uh, hoping that there are some things that you find in these rooms that are valuable. Number one, advice is to take the plunge, despite how scary it may be. There are a lot of things that you're going to learn in the process, especially like the last two days. I have the craziest stories that I hope you never have to experience in regard to short-term rentals. But it's one of the things that come with the game. With every business, there's challenges that you'll run into. There's things that you'll learn, but ultimately you have to get started in order for you to get on that journey. So if there's anything that you have questions about, love to share more. People at conference rooms looking for information. Sometimes they need more things like mentorship and other pieces. Want to be able to help people to be able to get their properties up, especially because it's a competitive market. And everybody in Clubhouse seems to be coming to Houston, Texas. That's what I've been finding for the last couple of weeks. So anything, Jim's I can share, DM me, and I'll be glad to provide it. Thanks so much. I'm done speaking. Thank, thank you, Brian. Appreciate you tapping in with us. And then up next, we have Heather. Heather, you have the mic. Hey. Okay, my just real quick. Again, I am Heather Brown with Salux Luxury Vacation Homes in Park City, Utah. Been taking a little bit of a hiatus because I feel like everybody's coming to Park City, so I can't all be going to Houston, Brian, because there's definitely plenty coming to Park City. Um, so between you know, just, you know, between our what we do every day, which is co-hosting and, and working on behalf of private owners of their second homes here in Park City, Utah. Um, I'm also now moving in the direction of what I really, really love doing, which is the design and um, the creative part of this business. And so I've been spending a lot of time in the last month, month and a half, since we are in our quote um, off season right now in doing upgrades and facelifts to some of our properties. And, and it, you know, it, it makes my heart happy to be in this space right now. So that's, um, one of the things that I like to help people with as well is understanding um, what it takes to um, properly design and furnish um, a short-term vacation rental in such a way that it's going to be aesthetically pleasing and welcoming to any guest. So um, that's what we do here in Park City is co-hosting and um, some design work as well. So if you have any questions, I'm always happy to help. I don't always have a ton of time, but I'm always happy to help and I typically answer pretty quickly. Um, with whatever I um, have to offer. So feel free to, to message me if you want. Thank you, Heather. We appreciate you tapping in with us. And, and thanks for uh, posing your question earlier. That was a fascinating conversation around that. So we appreciate that. Uh, let's see who's up next. Looks like we have Miss Kiara. Kiara, you have the mic. Hey, everybody. Um, I see so many familiar faces in the room. I just want to say thank y'all so much for always coming out, like Erica, Monique. Um, and so many other people, Letitia. Um, but nonetheless, thank you guys so much for having me tonight. My name is Kiara. I'm a high-level Airbnb coach and host, as well as a tour host. And I'm, I honestly just love what I do full-time um, on all of those, plus coaching. If you are interested in coaching, start doing it. If there's something you know, start coaching. It's so amazing. Um, but nonetheless, thank you so much, Noble, for this room. And I cannot wait for the next one. Awesome. Awesome. We appreciate you joining us as always. Uh, let's see who we had next. Uh, Ms. Kedra. Kedra, you have the mic. Hi, Noble. Hi, guys. Thank you again, Noble, for putting this on. Uh, I think this was a great room because um, I'm actually experiencing some of the things that Heather was talking about tonight. So um, Kedra Madsen out of Houston, Texas as well. Uh, by day, I'm a national account manager. I manage a commercial real estate portfolio for their fire protection. And by night, I am scaling my short-term rental business 
um, not only to serve the community for like short-term rentals with Airbnb and VRBO, but um, also scaling um, to marketing to different avatars outside of Airbnb as well. Uh, so I'm on my journey to actually scaling more rentals this year. Feel free to follow me. Um, I love decorating. That's really why I got started in um, doing short-term rentals. So if you have any questions on like, you know, um, the aesthetics of how you should do it or pop colors that you should use with paint or um, I, I actually created a course for um, like how to start your Airbnb, but feel free to ask me any questions. Um, I'm open um, to ask some questions and yeah, that's pretty much it. Thanks for bringing me up. <laughs> have a good night. Hey, thank you for coming. Thank you for providing value as well. Also. Uh, let's see who's next. Looks like uh, Tracy is on a call. So we are going to El Presidente, as Rogelio would say. Prez, you got the mic. Appreciate it, Noah. Appreciate it. And thank you so much for allowing me to hang up here with all of these uh, short-term rental greats. Um, it's definitely always a pleasure. Uh, so many people I've been up here with, up here with before. Um, uh, you know, so if uh, I am President Leo here on Clubhouse. Uh, you know, I take the more of the uh, mobile real estate approach, and so it's basically the Airbnb on wheels. Um, but I just find so much great synergy in between the two sectors that, you know, I'm day by day I'm being pulled more and more towards this Airbnb space, and I uh, will definitely be looking to uh, launch my uh, my first batch of uh, uh, short-term rentals here uh, uh, sometime within this season right here. So I definitely appreciate that. Um, also, for anybody that's looking to get into the tour road, the hire cars, or the uh, or any kind of short-term mobile rental, uh, definitely want to check out my Instagram. I have in in my bio, you'll see a link for my free webinar uh, that'll be happening next week. So you definitely want to get registered for that because seats are limited. Also, I have a great deal coming for you all here in the future. Um, like Noble mentioned, towards the uh, earlier portion of today's um, uh, uh, our room here, uh, me, Noble, Hannibal Collins, and uh, Brian Fontenot here, we have a good deal in which we'll be breaking down, you know, the short-term rental housing play, the short-term rental car play, the uh, 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 currency exchange play, and also the credit as well. So you all definitely stay tapped in with us as well as these other great, great moderators up here uh, as we continue to try to pour immense amounts of values on the community. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, President, for tapping in with us tonight. All right, let's see who's up next. I have Miss Haley. Miss Haley, you have the mic. Hey, again. So thank you so much for letting me be in this room. I've actually had the most fun in this room talking about something I spend all day, every day doing. <laughs> so it was a blast. I really enjoyed it. Um, and to get to multitask and work out at the same time. Awesome. So, um, yes, my name's Haley, and I uh, wanted to just say thank you to everybody who listened in to this whole room. And um, I thank you for everybody who joined and got to share some input. I learned a lot, too. It was super great. Um, I run over 100 Airbnbs uh, across the U.S. for Mr. Airbnb Automated. Uh, Sean Rocky Jeech and uh, we have a great time working together. I have a lot of input on so many different things and could talk for hours. So um, if you're interested in chatting with me, follow my Instagram page. I got a link for consulting calls too. I have a blast doing those. Before doing this job, I was a personal trainer, so I have a thing for teaching and training people. So I'm, I'm here to help. Genuinely, I have fun doing it. So 
looking forward to meeting y'all. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Haley, for joining us and uh, providing so much value tonight. Uh, let's see who's next. Bart, you have the mic, sir. Thank you very much, Mr. Noble. This is a great room. The topic was unbelievable. Um, I, you know, cleaning is so boring, but uh, it's uh, it's always fun when you can make a cleaning sound fun. So thank you. I actually learned a lot. Um, I was actually meant to be over in Sydney right now going for a conference, a, a hotel conference. Um, but uh, COVID, COVID got me. So we, I mean, I don't have COVID, but uh, we went into lockdown. So it was just nice to be able to share with all of you. And, and thank you. Um, two things for me. One is if you're interested in, um, in learning about packages, uh, so packages where you can upsell and cross-sell, so things like late checkouts, early check-ins, uh, the flowers on arrival and that sort of thing. We're doing a course, which is starting soon. Um, so just follow me, jump onto the Instagram, and then I'll send you discount codes when that comes up. The other thing that I'd love you guys all to do is make sure you follow all the bots. Um, follow Noble, Haley, you're awesome. Mr. Presidente, Heather, for all your contribution, Norman and Brian. Um, and make sure that at the top, you see the little greenhouse, so you click on that and you follow this particular club because it's going to provide so much value to you. Um, over the next uh, year or two years of your career. Uh, so make sure that you do follow because it's high value. And thank you so much for having me up, Noble. I appreciate it. Bart, man, we appreciate you tapping in with us and uh, and, and providing value as well. Uh, let's see. Did I get everyone? Tracy, did I get you? No, I was on the phone. Don't forget me. All right, go so, ahead. <laughs> so thanks again for having me in this room, Noble. You are such a gentleman. It's always a pleasure. You uh, run this room with um, with courtesy and generosity and everyone on the stage. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be with you guys. Um, a quick plug for Monday. Um, but and I run a room on Monday, uh, Monday morning Australia-Japan time, which is also Sunday evening um, Pacific time and Eastern Standard time. Um, and we do live coaching. So we do live audits on listings. So we'll, we will get together, we'll look at your listing and we'll find extra money uh, from inside your listing. We'll find a way that you can tweak them, um, that you can get more bookings and get better bookings. So um, we'll do that live. Um, I am a blogger. I also do uh, professional audits. Um, I can help people find a, a ton of extra money inside their listings. Um, and just lately, I've started up a webinar series. This is for people who are just starting out. There's um, a free checklist and also a magic spreadsheet for how to cost out a startup. And you can find me and all that information through Instagram and then through my blog. So I love to be able to help out people. And uh, and uh, there's a there's a ton of information there. So reach out um, and uh, give me a give me a holler. So that's me. Thanks, Noble. Awesome, Tracy. Thank you so much for, for tapping in with us as always. And so folks, uh, folks that are left, uh, appreciate you hanging in with us. Hopefully you were able to get some value out of this. Miss Bethany down in the audience uh, was so tenacious with the questions tonight that I went here and followed her. Um, I love it when somebody um, is, 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 you know, bold and confident to uh, come up and, and, 
ask questions and and uh, and reach for the value. So, Ms. Bethany, I am following you, and uh, and I hope that you will come back with us again. With that said, my name is Noble. I'm the co-founder of a hospitality brand. We are based in Texas. Um, I run that along with my wife Elkie, and uh, and we're in a short-term uh, arbitrage space, really. So 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 that's how we uh, do our short terms is uh, using the rental arbitrage model. Uh, we've been fortunate enough to. Uh, grow up a portfolio of multifamily units over the past uh, few years and now we uh, are able to help others get started and scale and uh, run rooms like this the hospitality cash flow room as well as the hospitality cash flow podcast and like mr president said um coming soon uh, make sure you are tapped in with brian president and myself we are collaborating together on a um on, on a on a product if you will a coaching product uh for the masses uh that we're going to try and provide just ridiculous amount of value in so make sure you are tapped in with us uh, so you can be notified about that when we uh when we release that here in the coming month uh but with that said um again thank you for joining in and uh and we'll catch up with you all next week Thanks for listening to the show. Tune in next week to learn more about using real estate for hospitality cash flow. If you received value from this episode, please leave a rating and review. This helps the show reach more listeners. We truly appreciate your support.